1069. Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. We're online for you at WRQK.com. If you missed the lineup yesterday, the lineup announcement of Rock on the Range, that's where you can find it. Literally every band on the planet is playing it this year. Literally every band on the planet. It's That lineup is really solid. If you missed that, it's up at WRQK.com. I'm joined this morning every weekday morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. How are you this morning? Uh, feeling good, feeling great, dude. Feeling back into the swing of things. Is that right? Uh, payday always helps. You know what I'm saying? Ah. Waking up to that direct deposit and, and announcement like, hey, you've got money again. It's nice. I got to be honest with you. I didn't even know it was payday. That's nice. Stansbury living the living high like, off the when, hog there. Apparently, you know when you uh, when you can forget what when payday is, that's pretty good. Or you're just an idiot that doesn't pay attention to your adult duties, and that's probably more likely. What does overdraft even mean? <laughs> I don't even really know what that means. Proudly have never overdrafted an account. Never, never bounced a check. It's never impressive. overdrafted an account. It's never. Impressive. Yeah, it's never I mean, happened. you know, I, obviously it's not something I try to be in like the practice of, but there's <laughs> there's been times where it's like, oh damn, I forgot I did that, or I forgot that was. Out there, and yeah, of course, I've over. No, I've always, uh, I've always found a way to maneuver things around and uh, do things. Now, now, not everybody got paid on time, but I always, uh, but I did maybe make sure I was like, yeah. yeah, I'm not overdrafting my account. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not everyone got paid on time, and I still overdraft. <laughs> Is that right? So, a little yeah, twofer yeah, there, a little, right. a little stack on top. Times of one are another. tough. Times are tough out there, but no, dude, life's good over here. Um, I'm trying to think if there's. Oh, my girlfriend started her new job, uh, so yesterday was like the first day that I had normal in like over. She a went month. back to work. Yeah, she went back to work. She'd yeah. been uh, she'd been off work for almost a month there, and uh, it was the first day. I went back and like I went to work and I I came home and it was just me and I was like oh my god this is so awesome like it felt like a uh, what do I want to say very rejuvenating yesterday See, to have that time it's very funny because did you love your girlfriend it's not like you're oh, like yeah. looking to break up with your not girlfriend or whatever I'm not complaining about it. but I don't care who you are man or woman you get free time in the house by yourself when somebody lives with you, and you're like, oh, my God. It's, it's like, honestly, at that point, you're like Indy, and you're just like, and there's the Ark of the Covenant, and you got your hands on it, and, and just screw those Germans. I can I can only imagine how much that goes for people who have, like, real adult lives, who have kids and stuff. Oh, like, God. That hour of, of free the peace time. And quiet. Uh, but for me, you know, as, as, as a perpetual man-child, it really turned into, I got used to that because that was our routine forever, sure. and, you know, human beings being creatures of routine i just gotten grown accustomed to you know i wake up early and i get home early and i have a couple of hours at least like five plus hours of me doing whatever i want and it is dude it's fantastic so for her to have been off work for a month it just threw the entire plan off yesterday it was a glorious day it was it was just like okay i'll do whatever i want right now there's no one stopping me there's no one else here i'll I'll do whatever so what was everything dude watching a bunch of wrestling Wrestling, hanging out (laughs) hanging out doing doing that doing that whole thing. Dude, it was so. so nice outside yesterday. You I know. Did, you kept it inside? I didn't do anything outside yesterday, dude. I know. I had the window open. I mean, if that's, <laughs> if that's worth anything. There, dude, there's Fantone right there. Summed up. Yeah, nice outside. Crack the window. Crack the window. Get Let it Let the open. neighbors smell the weed. It was a. Uh, it was nice, though, dude. It was. It was nice to have nothing to do yesterday, and, 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 and life's good over here. I right? cannot believe you wasted that beautiful weather day. I uh no I don't know what you would have done I, I don't know if it, say, I don't know if you were urban go, farming maybe go or, walk out on a shore avenue like hey but you give me sixty degrees and and two days before December you know what I was doing uh, I had to get out and play golf yesterday it was criminal not to it was so nice yesterday we got out of here a little early too pretty busy on the uh, pretty busy on the they old were pretty yesterday. busy yeah when I got there they uh you know I I talked to the starter and he's like well we got about twenty five guys just head off uh the front you know in in succession there why don't you tee off off the back so I went off the back first and played that and then uh 
And I played all right. Like, I did all right. Found myself out there uh, by myself in the zone. Nice weather. Nobody playing behind me, which is always good. I play a little bit better when I'm relaxed. Most golfers will. And uh, I played okay. Came very close, Fantone, yesterday. Very close to a hole-in-one. About, I don't know, I have a picture of it. It's under a foot. I mean, it was easily a tapping. It's got to be the most frustrating thing in the world, no, right? No, 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 no. no, no. The vi- well, yes. And there's no guarantee you'll ever get one. I've come very close to now. I think that was pretty much my third one where I've come really close. But I was happy it didn't happen yesterday. I was out there by myself. Uh, if I would have came in here this morning and been like, guess uh, what? Hole number five, eight iron. Put in a dude, hole in one. Nobody was going to believe that. Nobody going to believe that. Nobody was going to believe that. If you're going to do that, you want to do it when somebody's there to verify that it happened. Oh, I guess that would be more frustrating. It would have to suck. It would have to suck for it to be a foot. Like, you know, you're looking at it, you're screaming at it, just get in the hole. Happy Gilmore in it. I I can totally see you being frustrated about that, but you're right. Nobody witnessing it, nobody being there to like. Worse. to, To confirm. It's like when a girl from your high school gets like famous. And you're like, no, I slept with her in ninth grade and nobody believes you. Totally bang that chick. Yeah. And yeah, nobody believes you. Nobody believes you. That's exactly what would have happened. I was so happy when I when I got up there and I was like, because I was still standing on the tee box and the ball kind of disappeared. And right. I was like, dude, did I just make that? And right. I drive up the hill. And I was like, no, close enough, though. It was literally just boom, tapped it right in. Made two there. Feels pretty still, good. Still good. Still yeah, good. no, Birdie's great. Yeah, Birdie, nothing wrong with that. Birdie's great. I'll take 18 of them in a row. Never happened. <laughs> but I will take 18 of them in a row. The hole-in-one, I mean, let's be real. That's more of a numbers game, right? Where if you if you, if you you just keep swinging, eventually it's going to happen as opposed to a skill <clears throat> thing, right? Nobody's, I, nobody's like aiming for a hole-in-one, right? Or is everyone aiming well, for a hole-in-one Well, I mean, time? here's the thing. On a short par three, you can fire at it. You can try to do it. Guys who are really good can do it. Um, I mean, I know guys who are phenomenal golfers who have never had one. And then I know guys who are pretty good golfers who have had two. So it's, yes, it can be a little bit of both there. Yeah, I figure if you swing it 10,000 times, maybe it'll happen. Who knows? You know what I mean? I don't know if you're ever really planning to do anything perfectly from 180 yards away. You know what I mean? You know, which, by the way, you know what? Dude, the more I play (laughs) golf, the more, the less I'm impressed with Tom Brady. 300 yards. 300 yard passing games or whatever. Dude, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like you got your arm, this and that, the ball you can hold on to. I'm hitting things with a with a with a slab of metal. Yeah, Tom Brady, your your millions and millions of dollars, your supermodel wife. No, your all time great stats in the NFL. Hey, it's not even that good. He's not your that good. Super Bowl rings, yeah. hundred yards. Stansbury almost hit a hole in one. Screw Dude, you, I Tom threw Brady. For hundred yards. Mm. Did you just tell me you threw a football for a for a sandwich? Is that is that what you just told me? <laughs> Tom Brady. You know, there's another Boston athlete, actually, that's being ripped apart by the media today. We're going to get into that around 8.30. Okay. And then at 8 o'clock today, actually, I do want to get into this a little later on the program. I was going to skip it, but it made big, big news all over the area yesterday. A good buddy of ours was asked to leave a restaurant yesterday, and you won't believe the reason why. I could When I read that, I thought he was kidding at first. When I read his Facebook post, I was like, he's kidding about this. And then it went viral. Yeah, I uh, I look forward to getting into this too. There's a lot of a uh, lot of layers to that onion, I think. And I was like, whoa, our buddy Ricky Smith, uh, who started 
Rake, random acts of kindness everywhere, uh, was asked to leave a restaurant yesterday, and I can't believe the reason why. And when uh, when you find out why, I think a lot of people are going to be smacked in the face with, man, some of the stuff I thought was over in this country isn't over. Like, you're, you're going to be smacked in the face with it. And I, when I read it, I couldn't believe it. So we'll obviously get into that. You know what we are doing today, though? What is that? Today at 9 o'clock, we're going to talk to Ralphie May. Nice. We are going to do that. Nice. But then after that, a little later, after the program even, we're going up to the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank today, take a little tour of that uh, environment and their establishment as we get prepared to do Long Haul Against Hunger, which will be Friday. We're going to broadcast live at the Giant Eagle up on the Strip. We'll start at 6 o'clock in the morning. Won't wrap up till about 7 o'clock that night. you got 13 hours. Come by, make your uh, food and monetary donations there, benefit the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank, and then we'll pass out some concert tickets and some prizing. I would hope that we'll have... Stansbury show stickers out at that, yeah, so we'll we get it done. Fingers crossed on that one. So, uh, actually, Fantone reminded me of that this morning when we walked in. He's like, "Yo, dude, just so you know, you got that walk through at eleven o'clock today." I was like, "All right, guess I'll cancel that tea time." Well, in Stansbury, <laughs> I just want to make one thing perfectly clear: when we go to the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank, uh, you are not allowed to steal anything, dude. Like, I just want to make that clear. This is literally taken from a food bank now. Okay, no, you that stole I from do. the box. You stole from the box. You cannot steal from the food bank. For those of you that are unaware, last year it was like a month before the event. And uh, we had a we had a collection box here at the building. We have one here right now. Mm-hmm. And there was a there was a cup of Easy Mac in it. And I was hungry that morning, which I am right now, <laughs> as a matter of fact. And uh, I borrowed it. And then I replaced it by uh, by a lot. Stole it. And then and then the audience showed up at Long Haul Against Hunger Day, and they came and they just brought macaroni. <laughs> we ended up with like a mountain of it. We took pictures with it. It was amazing. And uh, yeah, I've been asked quite a bit. This season about whether or not I'm going to take something out of the box. And I would do that. I would I would totally do that. I feel like if I went out there right now, took something out of our collection box, and ate it for breakfast, and then replaced it, this I don't see what's wrong with that. I really don't. You're literally taking food from the mouths of hungry people. You are, you are taking it out of there and shoveling it down your own gullet. To be fair, I'm putting it in the mouths of a hungry person <laughs> right too. I'm just not hungry all the time. I think we're splitting hairs there about who's hungry when. So, but no, okay. So hold on. Let me, I want to get to the bottom of this. Okay. So I have already brought some things in and put them in the box. Okay. I I bought a bunch of different kinds of cereal, put them in the box. So then if I'm like, you know what? You know what? I didn't mean to put that one in there. Let me go. So, dude, if I take, because let's be real, it's the cookie crisp. I can't believe (laughs) I put that in there and it's still in there. I can't believe. I can't believe I haven't done that. So if I go get a bowl of that and eat cereal, Nobody knows. Nobody would know yes. if it wasn't for you. Yes, people will know. People will know. That's a problem. That's <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm at. That is a problem. I don't know why. Yes, we've established that's bad behavior. You should not do that. If you do that with money, you're going to jail, dude. There was a radio personality in Northeast Ohio. This just happened to. If you do that with money, you're going to jail. So if you do that with Cookie Crisp, you should at least feel bad about yourself. Now I want. <laughs> <laughs> at least feel bad about yourself. As if I need another reason <laughs> of, to do that. But okay, now I want you to know this. Because this is true. Like, I understand at the food bank, it's like, keep your hands in your pocket. Like, you know what I mean? No matter how good something looks, don't touch it. Don't be excited to see it. It's not Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. You don't get to Augustus gloop it and stick your finger in the chocolate river. Dude, is there a chocolate river? Is there a chocolate river? Oh, my God. I want to go really bad now. 
All right, so that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I know not to touch that. Yeah. I don't get a bowl of cereal, huh? <laughs> no, you don't. No. Okay. And not right. feel good about yourself. Okay. You, can, you can do this. I'm not the cops, but you should feel bad about yourself if you do that, Stansberry. All right, well, somebody bring me breakfast. I'm not allowed to eat cereal, apparently. <laughs> got to talk to Dan Flowers. I got to get a food delivery going here. So we'll be up at the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank uh, this morning, taking a tour of there. But then, obviously, Friday morning, as you know, we're joking around about it, but it is a serious business too. People are hungry; they need food. I say it all the time. I don't care what your politics are. Nobody wants a four-year-old to starve. So we'll see you uh, Friday morning, starting at six a.m. We'll be up at the Giant Eagle on the Strip uh, for Long Haul Against Hunger, broadcasting live all day. We'll take a short break here. Come right back. Get the show started for you next on Rock One Hundred Six Nine. Nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll talk to Ralphie May, who's in town on Saturday doing a show at the Hard Rock Roxino. We'll get you into that as well after we talk to Ralphie. People love that guy. He's a funny dude. I uh, I wonder, I, I I haven't seen yet. I looked at a little bit on the internet yesterday, but I, I don't know if I found a definitive answer. Is Ralphie May fat right now or not? I don't know. Do Google, does he still sound black or not? <laughs> I'm guessing the answer is yes on that one. And if Ralphie Mae's not fat right now, he probably will be because he's going to see that buffet. He's going to go do work at that buffet. Dude. Best one in Northeast Ohio, bro. I'm telling you. Co-signed. I, yeah, I like it. I like that statement a lot. It's good stuff. I like that statement a lot. Elizabeth wants to know if there's a uh, link that she can tweet or Facebook out for Long Haul Against Hunger. She says, I'm too lazy to look it up. Uh, well, yeah, there's links at, yeah. uh, at WRQK.com. Um, yeah. You can actually already make a donation yeah. via our website. You know what? Maybe we should tweet that out. Uh, well worth noting with the Akron Regional Food Bank, uh, a four out of four stars when it comes to their transparency and their finances. This is yeah. a this is a, uh, a a charitable organization you can believe in. Is that charitynavigator.net? Uh, dot com, I believe. Or dot, a, oh, it might be a dot, dot org. Google Charity Navigator. It'll, it'll point you in the right but direction. But they're like the watchdog of charities. Correct. So, you know, everybody's always worried about that. You know, actually, I read a really big story about that last night about how, like, uh, a lot of these retailers are starting to pull people in with the shopping because they'd say, you know, shop here and 10% goes to right. so and so. And they're like, dude, a lot of times people aren't even doing that. Like, legitimately, you're just being hustled. And they said, one of the things you should do if you see that is evaluate the product and say to yourself, would I buy this if they weren't telling me money was going to be donated to somebody? Right. Right, because right. that, or would I be buying it from this outlet if it weren't for that? Well, and you have to think too. I mean, like a lot of a lot of charities will do stuff like, "Hey, if you go eat here tonight, we'll get ten percent of the proceeds." And right. If, if you don't like eating there, just go give the charity your twenty bucks. You know what I'm right. saying? And then and then instead of instead of instead of twenty five cents, they're getting twenty five bucks. Uh, it's charitynavigator.org. As you you know look towards you know, hey, it's 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 Christmas, and I want to donate, and I want to feel better about myself. That's a great resource, and you can see stuff where like CEOs don't get paid much, or you can right. see stuff like whatever's important to you whatever how much of the money is actually going to the charity right and all that kind of stuff and uh the akron canton regional food bank gets like four stars from charity now four out of four stars that's about as yeah that's the best you can do right you can do there you go so that's how you know they're kind of on the up and up which is why we like partnering with them and we will do so this friday we'll be at the giant eagle up on the strip broadcasting live for long haul against hunger we'll start at six o'clock that morning we'll be out there till seven o'clock that night got plenty of time to come out and see us we'll pass out some concert tickets that kind of thing and uh, obviously take those food and monetary donations for long haul against hunger all right going back to the website one more time 
I posted this video yesterday. Okay. And I think people are watching it for the wrong reasons. Okay. I posted this video to expose this. I know people are a little sick of hearing things like white privilege and, you know, these kinds of things. Like, I know a lot of you feel like you're under attack. Right. You know, I get that. Right. 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 It's tough. Being a white heterosexual male, it it's is a tough. bitch, dude. Seriously, it's a bitch. Coming at from all sides. Everybody's out to get you. Everybody's down to take you down a peg. They are. Now, I'm being a little sarcastic, but there is a little truth in that. Everybody, They do. They, they want to take you down a peg. And I posted the video of this woman, and I wanted to expose the fact that people act like this in public. And instead, what's happening is people are watching the video talking about how hot she is, not how deplorable she is. That was like the hot word this <laughs> this election season. But she is. She's like a Trump supporter. Okay. And she's like screaming at this. This woman at the store wants her to pay for, for something. I, I, it was like a bag. People, you know what I mean? people in stores do want you to pay for stuff. That and is that is true. She goes off on this tirade. A long one at that. I mean, the video is pretty long. I'll be honest with you. I know a lot of people don't have you know tolerance for long online videos. But the video is a little long. Now, you don't have to watch the whole thing. But I, you wouldn't believe how many messages I got yesterday. Of like, I got to tell you, man. Yeah, she might be awful, but she's beautiful. So I'd probably deal with it. And I was like, I started thinking about that last night. Now, I'm not married. Okay? I don't have kids. I don't. So, you know, so I'm still out there dating. And I got to tell you, I think if I was dating somebody, even deeply in, like three years in, and I found this, I think I'd probably go, right? Like, could you, I, I guess maybe my point is, I don't know if I could respect somebody to be my life partner knowing that about you. Now, you should see the video. I'll, I, I've just tweeted it out. It's at Sansbury Shows, how you follow me on Twitter. It's also up at WRQK.com. This woman's freaking out. And I just, I couldn't believe the amount of dudes who were like, yeah, I got to tell you, I think I deal with it. She's hot because she's definitely attractive, but I don't know if she's hot enough to be like, yeah, she's a Klansman, so I'm going to stay with her anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, this is definitely all based in racism here. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's deniable in this video. This woman is, is certainly coming out with racist No, this rhetoric. thing went viral because of how bad it was. What do I want to say here? This just goes to show you the difference of perspective that you have from the average 40-year-old guy where, like, those right? dudes that were messaging you yesterday. Am I good? We're just no. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Just back it up one time. Am buddy. I a good person? Uh, those dudes that were messaging you that yesterday, um, those dudes have been having sex with their wife for the past 20 years or haven't been having sex for the past five years. So I think there's I think there's definitely some like, oh, dude, I don't care. Whatever. It's there's new, a little it's locker different. room talking here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's new. It's different. I totally bang that chick. And let's be real. I mean, those people probably aren't the most. Uh, what do I want to say? More just people anyway so for them to see that that's probably not too much of a stretch of like uh, you know well i totally have sex with her well yeah of course you would if you are thinking the same things that she's saying well i mean yeah you probably turned out by it dude you're probably gonna vote for him you know what i mean well dude he's he's saying what i'm thinking i'm gonna vote for him i'm gonna have sex with her i don't care you know like to me it was a little bit like making jokes about ohio state michigan after what happened at ohio state it was a little bit like that where it's like guys that's not the right thing to do there that's not the right that's not the right avenue to try to make jabs like that and i feel like very much the same thing like when you can watch a video now like i said the video is long it's like 10 minutes long now you don't have to watch the whole thing but you can see parts of it and again it's up for you wrqk.com but when i see stuff like that like my penis isn't what's coming to mind like when i'm when i'm watching stuff like that it's like whoa 
whoa, that woman's insane. And I don't know why people haven't figured out that you're on camera all day, every day now. I don't know why people haven't figured this out. Like, there's a, there's a TV commercial now that walks dumbasses through opening up their Facebook app and pressing live to go to Facebook Live video. That's Facebook has a TV commercial teaching people how to stream live now. That's their new TV commercial. You are on camera whether you think you are or not at all times. I don't think people necessarily care anymore. I mean, this woman Is that right? Well, this woman's freaking out in a very public place. I mean, when you start when you start doing something in public, I don't know if cameras it even matters. You know you have witnesses watching you in the moment. And if that's not enough to make you reevaluate how you're behaving and kind of and 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 and, and, take, and take inventory of that. I don't know why a camera being on you would. I've always said this and I've said this for years and years and technology only makes it more true is I can understand somebody being inwardly racist. Like I get that. I understand how that happens. I understand how you have a negative interaction with maybe a, a few members of a group of people and so then forever your opinion has changed. Not that it's right, but I understand how it happens. And it's certainly ingrained. You know what I mean? Like you a lot grew, of it's learned. You grew up yeah. with in that situation and 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 I mean I'm not saying it's okay, but yeah, you can understand how people get there. A lot of it is learned. But how in the modern world are you still outwardly racist? I don't get it. Like, dude, obviously, wherever you work, there's going to be a, a, a somebody of Jewish descent, an African-American, probably a few Asians thrown in there somewhere. I mean, right? I mean, no matter where you work, there's going to be people uh, of other races and groups of people that, that you don't. How do you even get through your day at that point if you're outwardly racist? Like, I don't even get that. Um, I don't think it's necessarily fair to assume that everybody has an interaction with a minority on a daily basis. I don't think that's okay. I, I, but I, all right, I, yes, I know we, I know we can shine lights on certain places where that's not going to be true. But in most working situations, especially since what, what we, what we say is right, is that normally if you're racist, you're less educated. So I would imagine that the less educated you are, the more general type of job you have, which means the more just average kind of people are thrown in that, right? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I know what you're getting at. I don't know if, if, if that's always going to, because people uh, being outwardly racist, you can ask the most racist person on the planet, like, Hey, are you racist? And they're like, no, I'm not, pff, not me. I do what are you, you asking me because I hate yeah, black but, people but if I'm racist know, or not. But they know saying like the N word out loud in front of a group of people is inherently racist. Uh, and yet people do it. Well, I mean, uh, how do you do that? Do do they do that? How do you how do you be outwardly racist in today's society and live? Because uh, that, that's what I don't get. I mean, honestly, dude, I mean, if, if you really want to break it down, I mean, there's there, there there's been an acceptance of that recently and there's been that like, well, dude, I mean, if if Steve Bannon can be a a, a correspondent in, or a, a an advisor in the White House, then I can certainly, I mean, you know, do say what I want. Isn't that the entire thing is now is is, is stop being so PC and I'll say what I want and there's a huge movement movement in that and there's a huge movement in and well it's it's it, i can fly the confederate flag i can do what i want yeah i'm not wild about but that. i mean there's there's I, a huge uh, movement I, am, in that. I, I mean they just won the presidency right i'm an anti-pc person i am but there's a difference between being politically correct and being rude and being like racist there's a difference in that when do my anti-pc thing is like don't fat shame me don't fat shame me. That is like, dude, what are you talking about? You're fat. Like, they're, 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 You're black. I mean, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, fat, fat shaming and racism. I mean, there's a lot of parallels there at the very least. I guess. I mean, I, 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 there's a difference between being, being politically correct and just being an awful person. There is a difference there. 
It's a, it's a fine line, I'll grant you. I'm, I hate the PC culture. I hate it. I hate people not having a sense of humor. But then you see stuff like this, and this is like, well, this is where the sense of humor went. This is where it went. Is because now we have video on how awful, and what do I always say? The human being is not decent. They're awful. They are awful. At every turn, the human being will always let you down. They will always disappoint you. They're awful. You included. Me included. We all are. It's just the way it is. But this is where the sense of humor went. It's like, you know, people say, ah, why can't they just take a joke? Well, maybe do videos like that is why. And I hate to admit that because I kind of want everybody just to be able to take jokes. Right. But like I have long said on the radio, there's a difference between busting your balls between because you like grape Kool-Aid and then saying, oh, look, we let's let's hang people from trees. Those are different things. Those are wildly different things. But again, that line, dude, you're bringing up good points, dude. That line's getting blurred because, dude, you're right. You got Steve Bannon in the White House saying, hey, you know what? Maybe do things this way. Let's do it that way. You're right. That is kind of how some of that happened. It's going to be a, it's going to be a strange, long four years. It's going to be interesting. And as a matter of fact, we have another story that highlights a lot of this stuff coming up at 8 o'clock. We're going to get into that for you. However, if you're driving drunk, holiday season's right around the corner. If you're planning on driving drunk, A, don't do it. B, you won't believe the new punishment being discussed about drunk driving. We'll lay that out for you next on the Stansbury Show. Hey, guys, you got Stansbury here for High Voltage Indoor Karting. You can find them in Medina. They're just minutes from the square located in the old foundry building, or you can find them online at highvoltagekarting.com. That's highvoltagekartingwithak.com. High Voltage is Ohio's first, fastest, and longest indoor electric go-karting track in the state of Ohio. They have the best carts in the business. You're hitting speeds of around 50 miles per hour. And with the family looking to come into town for the holiday season, take them to do something a little bit different and a lot of fun. Check out more info at highvoltagekarting.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show and Rock 106.9. Stick around 9 o'clock. We'll talk to Ralphie May, comedian in town, uh, December 3rd, this Saturday, actually. He'll be at the uh, Hard Rock Roxino. We'll get you into that as well. Talk to Ralphie at around 9 a.m. So we spent the previous break talking about this woman, this video that we have posted for you, WRQK.com, of a woman going off, just being awful to an employee in a retail place. And she brings race into it. She brings Trump into it. She brings a bunch of stuff into it. And so then now a, a dedicated listener to the program, Sarah, sent me another video, same woman, doing the same thing. So this isn't like, oh, I was having a bad day or temporary insanity or whatever the hell people try to claim when this stuff happens. Like, no, this is like we've seen it time and time again with her. She's in a Pete's Coffee, which is kind of like a Starbucks, if you've never been to a Pete's, and she's doing the same exact kind of thing. So I just posted that video for you. Same woman, same result. WRQK.com. Check that out. All right. I've rallied against drinking and driving for a long time. It's something that uh, I had done for years. And an egotistically American was like, ah, nothing bad will ever happen to me. And then something bad happened to me. And I got caught. And I was like, you know what? That is ill-advised behavior. I'm a grown-up. I shouldn't be doing that. I know better than this, and I've changed my ways. Fantone will tell you, I'm pretty serious about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, since the uh, three years that I've known you, there's been times where it's like, dude, I just had one beer. We've been at this place for two hours. I'm going to be fine to drive, and you're like, nope. Are you sure? We're getting an Uber right now. Better safe than sorry has always been my take. And honestly, with the the, uh, availability of rides, you shouldn't have to drink and drive anywhere. You shouldn't. So... Now in Canada, a police department is threatening drunk drivers with a new form of punishment. 
I would like to know what it is. Maybe it's like waterboarding with maple syrup or something up in Canada. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Canadian police are now threatening drunk drivers. If you get pulled over and you're hammered behind the wheel, when they handcuff you and put you in the police cruiser, listen to this. They're going to play you Nickelback the entire way back to the police station. That's their punishment. Look at this photograph. You're holding a set of numbers in it. Now, this is a obviously a police department just looking to have a little bit of fun online, right? right? Why has Nickelback been... Why are they that band? I don't understand it. I've never understood this. Why Nickelback has become this band that everybody loves, even though you pretend you don't. Um... I think a part of the of the love-hate relationship of Nickelback is the pop records. And they have, for a long time, you know, been like, oh, we're a rock band. Oh, wait, no, we're a soft okay. rock, like, Q104 band. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, now, I, I have had people argue that, that stance before. So I have an argument ready to go for that argument. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. I'm going to say two words that shoot a hole in that effing argument right there. Because I know most of you in the car just went, yeah, Fantone's right. So I'm, I have two. It's only gonna take me two words to poke a hole in that entire argument. You know what those two words are? What's that? Def Leppard. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Def Leppard was always much more a pop rock band than they ever were a serious rock band. Looking back on things, we only remember the best of Def Leppard. We don't necessarily remember the crap that we don't want I'm to. I'm saying, dude, they were pretty popular for the crap. I mean, Animal, dude, is, I mean, right? Nick, Nickelback, a little more modern, so I think it, it feels a little bit more recent. It feels a little bit like you, you saw that taste in your mouth of it. Taste the Kroger. I want a brand new house on Yeah, give me a house on Cribs. I'll have the quesadilla. <laughs> yeah, they honestly, I will say that. Nickelback, Nickelback listened to too much 80s ZZ Top. They, they did. They, they listened to too much 80s ZZ Top because that, that's where all that came from. Um, and I, you know, I think for a while Creed was that band, but I think Scott Stapp fell off so hard. Nickelback still making records, right? And Creed, you know, as a band, still went out and went and did things, as opposed to Nickelback still making records, still together, still all, you know, all, all forces combined. There, I just, I think people are lying. I think everybody out there who wants to trash Nick, I think you're lying. Well, I don't buy it. Would they sell 500 million records to effing nobody? That's what happened? Yeah, nobody? but there's there's a lot of uh, pairs of fuzzy sweatpants sold out there, too. I'm still going to make fun of, you know, walking okay. around wearing minion sweatpants. Now, I know there are people who obviously don't like Nickelback. I get that. I just think it's been so cool to say you don't like them. That it's become like the, the it thing to say that you don't like them and we're secretly behind closed doors. You really do like them. It uh, it sucks. This is a Canadian uh, police force too, because honestly, you'd think if anyone, there'd be some like Canadian kinsmanship in this. Canadian radio stations have to play like I think twenty five percent of their music has to come from Canada. Yeah, it's a it's a frag. I forget my my friend Heather does mornings in Montreal. So and I, I th- you do now they get around it. She works at like a classic rock station. They right. do they get around it by playing and imagine how cool this would be. They just play the tragically hip all day. Imagine that. Imagine being able to play the tragically hip. Such a good band. Imagine having the quesadilla. 
I'll have the quesadilla. All right, so if you were pulled over drunk and the cops were going to torture you audio-wise, what would they make you listen to? Mm, I'm going to go with Journey. I'm going to go with Christian and Megan. Well, uh, <laughs> the NFL is considering getting rid of one of your favorite things. It's out. See ya. Later. Gone. We'll tell you what it is next on the Stansbury Show. The girls come easy and the drugs come cheap. Well, I'll stay skinny because we just won't eat. And we'll hang out in the coolest bars and the VIP with the movie stars. Every good gold digger's going to wind up there. Every playboy bunny with a bleach blonde hair. And we'll Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Ralphie May around 9 o'clock this morning. He's in town Saturday, December the 3rd, Hard Rock Roxino. We'll pass out some tickets for that. Talk to Ralphie around 9. Interested to get his take on the election. State of comedy, that whole thing. Talk to Ralphie around 9 o'clock this morning. We've been talking a lot about this woman. who there, There's now not one, but two videos over up at WRQK.com spewing hatred in public places, getting upset with people working in retail places and like letting loose on them, which I don't like when people do that. Um, and I didn't think about this, but a listener of ours, Brandon, tweeted in and said, you know, what's the likelihood of this woman actually having two of these videos out there versus is this a bit? Are we being played? Are we being hustled? And is there any possibility of this being staged? And I never would have thought of that because what a weird thing to stage. Like, what a weird thing to try to, you know what I mean? To get some, I don't know, what you'd be trying to get exposure for. I mean, she's spewing racism. Now, at the end of the day, anything could be staged. Yeah, I guess maybe we could be being punked or whatever it is. Until I see some sort of evidence of that, though. Right. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily think it is that case. No, I just think you shop probably at the same places over and over. You're in the same places over and over again. One video comes out of you. The other place is like, oh, dude, this just happened to us. You repeat the same behavior over and over and right. over again. If you're the kind of person who flips out on a retail store employee and, and goes racist on it, you're the kind of person who does that on a regular basis. Yeah, it's probably not the only time you've ever done that. I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out who's right there. It seems like a weird thing to stage, but both videos up, WRQK.com, also up there right now. Fantone found... The 10 drunkest cities in Ohio put together the list. You won't believe where uh, where Canton lands in there. You won't believe that. Check that out, WRQK.com. We may get to that a little later on the program, actually. So I've been hearing rumors of this. Pro Football Talk talked about this the other day. Apparently, uh, they say that there's pretty heavy rumors going around the NFL that they're going to get rid of the Thursday night games. Now... The TV contracts, I believe, are through the rest of this year, next year as well. So okay. you're probably not going to see it come to end anytime before then. Yeah, anytime you do something that big, it's going to take a little bit of time for it to yeah. happen. Okay. A lot of money at stake, a lot of, of advertising dollars at stake, that kind of thing. Now, the NFL has come out and said, we're committed to Thursday Night Football. These rumors you're hearing aren't true. We're completely committed to it. I don't buy it. It seems to me that most people involved in sports... Outside of just fans who want to watch more of a product that they like are against Thursday night football. I have liked Thursday night football better than Monday night football, and I think that's a lot because of the matchups. I have said this before, that if you look at the matchups, you can tell the NFL is giving ESPN games that they don't really, that they're not as good as the Thursday night battle games. Like normally those Thursday night games are rivalry games. They put big games on Thursday night. Right, The NFL took them to the outlets where they want them. Makes all sense in the world. So Monday Night Football has kind of lost its luster to me. 
I personally, and I could be wrong about this as far as like ratings go or this or whatever it is, but if you were to ask me, a novice on the outside looking in on this, to me, it feels as if the Sunday night NBC game is the biggest game of the week. That feels like the highlight game to me. Obviously, a lot of uh, you know circumstance goes into that usually in the sense of you've been watching football all day. It feels like the one game that we're all watching at night right. together. It's it's that Sunday night, you know. You Everybody's kind of in on that. You you watch the, uh, what is it, Football Night in America with right. Bob Costas and Dan Patrick, and it is, it's very like, hey, here's the highlight of inclusive. the week. It's inclusive, yeah. And so it feels like the culmination of football is Sunday night. So I kind of feel like Sunday night's the biggest game there is. But like I said, I don't know what the ratings bear or any of that. Okay. Okay, now we've heard about the ratings being down in the NFL this year. It's important to point out they were coming off of all-time highs, so you're going to see a little bit of a dip. Should remind our boss of that, too. We just saw Rock 106.9 come off of all-time highs, so next time around, you may see a little bit of a dip. Nobody panic. Just like the NFL shouldn't be panicking, nobody here should be panicked. Okay. Oh, they're going to panic. Oh, I know they are. Oh, they're, 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 they're going to panic. Oh, I know they're going to panic. Now, I think a lot of what hurts Thursday Night Football is injury. You get, if you play on Sunday, and then you have to turn around and play on Thursday, like, let's say, let's take Indianapolis, for example. If you, dude, if, if, if Andrew Luck gets sacked, and you have to put him in concussion protocol, there's no way he's getting turned around for Thursday night. No way. So now you got, like, the most important person to your franchise, maybe the most important person to any NFL franchise is Andrew Luck to his, because how bad they are and how good he is. Now you have this thing where you're not going to be able to roll them out on Thursday night. you got a premier game. Everybody in the country going to watch it, and now the star quarterback's not going to be on the field. Now, I'm that's a hype, you know, it's hypothetical. I, you know, so, but I think the injury is a lot to do with it. I think when you start talking about, like, we start examining when they start throwing these guys back on the field, how long they practice, this and that, the turnaround of these games is too fast. It's, it's a shortened week as opposed to a lengthened week. When you have the Monday night game, it just feels like your week was a day longer versus when you have that Thursday night game, your week got three days shorter. And I know it doesn't, you know, if from Thursday to Monday, it's like, well, it's only three days, but when you start, your like... body's not going to heal. When you start looking at it from that perspective, Perspective, like it really is. I mean, it's shortening your week versus extending your week, and 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 one day versus three days, and that's going to make a huge difference when it comes to professional athletes. So, what I would do if I was the NFL, this is more important than showing me games on more days for me as a fan. Now, I may be in the minority here. What would be more important to me? would be able to watch any game that was on on Sunday versus showing me more games Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night. Just let me be able to pick whichever game. Don't make me watch my home market game. Like I understand that somebody's going to say, get DirecTV. I understand that. Can't have DirecTV where I live. They won't allow it in my apartment building. But not only that, like there was a huge, you know what, I, let me look this up. There was a huge game last Sunday. And I found myself going, well, I can't watch this game that I want to watch. So either A, I'm forced to go to the bar and spend a bunch of money on food and beer and all this stuff that I really don't want just so I can see this game or get another TV service, which is I think this would help the ratings. Um, I know what you're saying, but at the same time, I don't know if you take a look at the big picture, if it's going to, if it's going to still be as true in the sense of if you give NFL fans, fans of football, people who want to watch the best game available. 
available. If you give them the best games available, yeah, that might lead to more eyes on the product for that game. But if you start taking away the exclusivity of um, regional games of like, hey, you're in Cleveland and you're in Northeast Ohio, therefore you have to watch the Browns game. I don't know if in the big picture if that's going to turn down the passion for the product. You know what I'm saying? If Well, if I don't have to watch the Lions game, why am I going to be a Lions fan? Why am I going to be a Browns fan? Why am I going to be a, a fan of these crappy football teams? And then you get into, well, like, why even have that team here? You know, if they're, if they're not watching the Jacksonville games in Jacksonville, what do we even have this franchise for? Nobody's watching these games. Well, here's the thing. I keep, I keep hearing guys in the NFL, like, you know, NFL broadcasters and, you know, pundits and the like start talking about that and i wouldn't be surprised that if over the next 10 years you see a shift in where these nfl teams are dude if the nfl was born today you think green bay would have a franchise no if the nfl was born today maybe cleveland but do you think green bay gets a franchise no well you know that would never happen today a little bigger picture there is that you're definitely going to see cities like cleveland what does cleveland have three pro sports teams for that's a little crazy to me detroit has four it's like what do you guys have so many of these for so i definitely could see you know a little bit of scaling back there but i don't know if you're ever going to start like cutting teams out of the league there's too much money to be made there there's too much you know not, not that you not that you reduce the amount of teams you may change the venues of where they are. You you you, you may do that. I don't know. I'm not I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm just like, look, you got the you got the Patriots in Boston, big market. You now move the Rams to LA, big market. You got the Giants in New York, huge market. You know what I mean? Those are you got Dallas, big media market. So you got these teams, you got like the these huge teams and these huge markets, and then you have like this stuff that's like you can tell it's just like because of, of tradition and the way it's been. And I'm not sure that's always going to be the way it goes on from now on. It may be small, maybe less teams, less city. I don't know. But Thursday night football overall, I think, has been bad. I enjoy it because there's something on Thursday night that I want to watch. But that's being selfish about it. I think if you're really looking, if you really, I don't know how a league says, oh, we care about players safety but then no you gotta go to you gotta go to london to play a game on sunday and then you better be back to play thursday night like these they're making these guys go to mexico now london they have to play on sunday they have to play on thursday and i know i know what the argument's gonna be oh my god if somebody paid me 15 million dollars i'd go catch a ball whenever they told me to right for about the first two years and then you'd be like you know what Dude, I got to tell you, I'm going to have CTE for the rest of my life, be in danger of murdering my wife because you guys want to watch something on Sunday and Thursday. It's not good. The, the, the quality of play has gone down. Everything, dude, everything about it has been negative. Everything. Players hate it. Coaches hate it. Everybody but the fan hates it. They uh, they they do the ultimate participation plaque by giving every team a game. I mean, the Browns had a Thursday night game. I mean, it really is. It, it's gotten to the point where it's you're not even trying to put the best game forward for us. You're just trying to to get as much money out or as much blood out of the stone as you can. Yeah, Don tweets in and says, dude, your hypothetical already happened. Luck sat Thanksgiving night with a concussion. Scott Tolsey and Playden and Pittsburgh beat the brakes off him. He's absolutely right. That did just happen. When, when, dude, when, when, when concussions are the new thing, and we do got to take that seriously with these athletes, if that's going to be the new thing, I don't know how we tell guys to turn around and play in three days. I don't know how we do that. It's crazy. I think they got to start to look at availability of, like, routinely Sunday at 4, the game I want to watch isn't the game that, that TV shows me. Routinely, Sunday at four, I'm like, oh, it's the other NFC game I'd rather watch. 
And so, like, I think that would help with some of the ratings is giving me my uh, me the option to watch what I want. Then I might actually watch that versus whatever the hell's on TBS. But NFL says they're staying the course. I don't know. I think if you start to see more and more guys get hurt, they're going to evaluate this. Some women are saying something in the bedroom while you're having sex with them. It's kind of gross. We're kind of tired of it, and it needs to stop. We're going to figure it out for you next on the Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9, online at WRQK.com there. You hear the uh, little re-entry audio. It was over before it started. But I miss her so much. The funny thing about that is, is like I'm looking at my Facebook memories, and it's uh, and my memory from today is like going out on a date with the, with the last girlfriend I had, who I just told Fantone right before the coming back on the air. It's like, dude, I do kind of miss her a little bit right now, man. She gave good haircuts. I mean, <laughs> I miss having a girlfriend. I need a haircut right now, and I miss having a girlfriend who cut good hair. Not she was a good person. She made me feel good. She was, you know, a uh, a good partner. No, I just need a haircut. Okay, well, all right. You want me to give you some more stuff? She had fantastic boobs. Looked great naked. How about that? Is that better? She was a good person. But yeah, I missed the way she cut my hair. Why is that not okay? You know, I don't like when you examine stuff. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> not a fan of that. I thought I was trying. I thought I was being nice. Turns out not even a little. Speaking of being nice, got a couple of opportunities for you to do that this week. Friday, you should know by now, it's Long Haul Against Hunger. We're going to broadcast live 6A to 7P. We'll be out of the Giant Eagle up on the Strip there. Taking uh, you know cash and checks and uh, food donations for the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. This will be our third year doing this as a radio show. We love doing it. And uh, we'll be out there Friday. Now, coming up the following day on Saturday, we're not officially involved in this, but Officer Lamar Sharp from the Canton Police Department, big friend of the program, had him on uh, one time. He's hilarious. We love Lamar Sharp, and he's teaming up with a business that I uh, that I do business with, CSE, Federal Credit Union. He's teaming up with them. He'll be at the CSE at uh, is this 1380 Market Avenue. In Canton this Saturday from 11 to 3, they're doing Stuff the Cruiser Toy Drive nice. for Christmas for the kids. So nice. obviously we'll be out for Long Haul Against Hunger on Friday, but Fantone, I don't know what your plans are for Saturday, but I plan on swinging by and seeing Lamar Sharp dropping off some toys. So I know you're into the whole charity thing. If you want to swing by and do that, that's where you can do that. Well, there you go. Like Lamar, it. thank you for sending me that info, buddy. I appreciate it. We'll try to send people your way. All right. Now, moving on. That's uh, We did some good. Now let's do some bad. Okay. okay? Let's, let's right. get down in the dirt. They now claim they know why women call men daddy in bed. Now, I don't I don't I, I don't know for sure. But my guess is you're not wild about this. Me personally? Yes. I am not. I am not. Not my thing there. Um, listen, you do whatever you want in your own bedroom. I really don't care, but it's something that's a little unsettling to me. Um, I know a lot of people are into, I don't want to say the fantasy, but like incestual stuff is a real thing. Like, I mean, there's a huge section of pornography. We're going to put a pin in that because I have a problem with new porn. I have a problem with some new porn. So let's put a pin in that. Okay. So they talked to some sex therapists and Vanessa Marin. Female sex therapist said okay. this, that daddy can absolutely mean father, but she says we also use that word to indicate when somebody is the boss or in charge, a protector or doing a good job. And she says that usually 
is the meaning that women are going for in the bedroom. It's a, it's a bit of a 70s porn cliche, she says. I've never run across a woman, she claims, who called her partner daddy because she genuinely liked fantasizing that it was her father. Just because you haven't come across that woman doesn't mean that that woman doesn't exist. I would agree that I think most women... Jesus. I would agree that most women are probably using it in the you're in charge, take control manner, right? I would hope. Even even if you're saying that's what it is, and even if that is the case, on a subconscious level, you are invoking that person as your father. I don't know in what situation I've ever been like... Look at daddy over there doing work or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I would never use that in, like, a business sense. Okay, like, well, we do, though. We call we call our boss dad. dad. We call our boss dad, but that's, not like... Not daddy, though. <laughs> right, that's not daddy, and, like, there is a little bit of, like... Dad's we, mad at us. That's what we always say. But be, because when we do that, he, we are invoking, like, hey, he sort of is like our father. We sort of are like brothers. There is that sense of, like, there's a paternal thing going on there. There isn't... You can't deny that if you're calling someone daddy, yeah, it is. Even if you're looking at them as a protector or somebody who's good at their job, you're still invoking it because you think your father was a protector. You think your father was good at his job. There's there's no separating the two. I will admit that that's one of those things that women say in bed that years ago I'd have been like, oh, that's kind of hot. Where now I'm like... I, I look at it differently. Like I'm getting, well, I'm getting too old for that. Yeah, now you're banging chicks that are young enough to be your daughter. Like, yeah, I can understand why that would introduce a new, uh, a new layer to that. I will admit, I think it was in the last two years I have heard a woman say, "You might be older than my dad." Jeez. Like I'm not proud of every decision I make. You know what I mean? It's an evolutionary process. I'll get to decentville. I just you gotta let me go at my pace. That's a, That's it. I'll get there. I, I'm not wild about the term daddy in bed. And I, and, and I said we were going to put a pin in this because, dude, there's something happening in porn now that I don't get. And I want you to understand that I am full on aware that everybody in that scene, nobody's actually related. Okay? But there's this new thing that's happening in porn that I don't get. And there's like a whole website dedicated to it. And it's called Daughter Swap. And they set up these scenarios where, like, these girls just graduated from high school. And the dad's, like, so proud of them. And then they end up banging each other's daughters. But everybody stays in the same room. So this whole thing's set up as to where you're going to sleep with your best friend's daughter. He's going to sleep with your daughter. But you are in the same room watching your daughter have sex. Why is that okay? That's creepy to me. And like I said, I know everybody's acting. I get it. But it's still like you're trying to drive that home to me like that's okay. I mean, uh, I'm not wild about it. plenty of examples of it. You know what I mean? Like there's 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 taboo in sex and people love it when you say that you're not supposed to do it. And if you can, what do I want to say? What you know, stick your toe in the water as opposed to like jumping what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> instead of jumping in the pool. Um, I think that's kind of what it's there for is to, is to, you know, now I would imagine that there are guys listening right now who have daughters who are close to the adult age, like right. in, in your later teen years, right? Maybe still in high school. Right. And I'm sure you've probably thought about one of her friends sexually. Okay. I'm sure you've done that. Not all of you, but I'm sure it's happened to some of you. But my point is, is that if at any point during that thought, your daughter came into it. Wouldn't that be like okay, enough? And you and you shut that 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 feeling down. 
I don't understand the whole. Like I said, I know everybody's an actor, but when you're like, hey, that's supposed to be my daughter, and she's having sex in front of me, it just, I don't understand why anybody finds that odd. I mean, there's produced pornography out there of, 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 of like, men and, and their daughters having sex. There's produced pornography out there of, like, yeah. mom and son. There's, there's their cousin banging. There's brother-sister banging, dude. I mean, I guess not to say, like, it they gets normally, worse, but it, it gets worse. They normally claim it's stepdad and stepmom. Which I know isn't that much better, but it's better. It's not. It's better. Oh well, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm arguing degrees. I get it. Right. There's my mom. There's my hot stepmom.com. Yes, for sure. But there's also like, hey, this yeah. is me banging my mom. Like there. I mean, it's it's out there. Like, not my cup of tea for sure. I I, I think it's definitely. What do I want to say? I stumbled across this a few months ago, right? And I thought to myself, I might be coming past pornography. Like maybe I'm coming past it. Phrasing. I uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't want I you know what I mean I I thought to myself I'm like maybe this is just something I'm not going to do anymore. Like it like sometimes you just get too old for stuff and you're like I can't I can't be part of that. Right, but I mean there's you know there's 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 musicians you won't listen to you'll turn the station when they're on yeah. and there's going to be pornography that you don't necessarily masturbate to you're going to turn the station. I have a feeling a lot of people have done that to us right now. <laughs> All right, I, I'm hesitant to do this, and I didn't prep this with you beforehand. Oh, okay, here we okay, go. I didn't, I didn't, and so you might not even have an answer, which would, of course, be terrible radio, but it just happened to pop in my brain right now, so I got to know. And I don't want to know, but I got to know. Is there something you prefer to be called in bed? Um, no, I'm not huge on, like, you have to call me this. Um, uh, I'm okay with name. I do like talking during sex, though. It's, 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 I'm a, I'm a vocal person, and I, uh, I, I kind of need my partner to be as well. So I don't have, like, a name in particular. So, like, telling you what to do, or just uh, telling you that that something is pleasurable? Like, walk me through uh, it. Pretty much all things there. I mean, yes, telling mm. me what to do. Yes, um, you know, if, if something feels good, I don't want you to just say, oh, that feels so good. I want you to be specific about like your blank feels so good when you blank my blank. You know what I mean? So like, let's just let them fill in their own blanks. Let's just, you know, I don't know why I do it. Why did I do it? We have the drunkest cities in Ohio. We'll run them down for you next on the Stansbury Show. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Block 106.9 online, WRQK.com. A video went viral the other day of a woman spewing racism left and right at a retailer. And then a listener of the program, Sarah, was listening to us, heard us talking about that video, pointing people to WRQK.com where they could see it. And she says, yo, there's another one of these. This is a trend with this woman sent me that. So I posted that. That one's now up. Jennifer Boyle is this woman's name. People got a couple of videos of her doing some awful stuff. You can see them, WRQK.com. We're going to bring that into the conversation around 8 o'clock. As something happened to a buddy of mine the other day that I can't believe. When I read it, I couldn't believe it. At first, I thought he was kidding. I couldn't believe it. We'll get into that around 8 o'clock. And again, Ralphie May coming up at 9. Fantone found this this morning, though. And with the holiday season right around the corner, I know everybody likes to get together. You'll probably have some holiday parties to do, and you'll have some things going on. This is about how much we're drinking uh, in certain cities in, in Ohio. And just uh, real quick before we get to that, you know, I mentioned holiday parties. 
And there's a, I don't know if you've seen the previews for this movie, but Office Christmas Party looks like it's going to be very funny. Yeah. Uh, and, and it just made me think. It's like, man, a lot of places don't do the holiday party anymore because of what can happen. Like, uh, you know, people get themselves in trouble and, you know, people, you know, start doing things you shouldn't. Next thing you know, you're a little sauced up. You say things to your boss and people forget that you're in a, 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 what is a work environment while you're uh, at, at the holiday party. And it's caused a lot of problems. And I, I think it's one of those things that a lot of businesses don't do anymore. And it's a shame. And I understand why in, in today's Sue Happy world, you have to be a little careful. You got to protect yourself. But I, I think there's something about, unity and team building and you know uh, morale that kind of comes with the holiday party and they've just fallen by the wayside why does it have to include alcohol why can't we just be like all right well hey we're gonna have a uh, holiday get together oh, that'd be It'll fine be too friday at three o'clock no booze we'll just have a potluck and a cake or something that would like be fine that. too I, I think uh, you know doing something to acknowledge the holiday and acknowledge the work that your people do around you and stuff like that probably a good idea would i like there to be booze yeah but that's just me Right. I, I understand there's probably a lot of you that are like, dude, I'm in recovery. I don't want to have to see booze and stuff like that where I work. And I can get that. Even whether you're in recovery or not, I feel like we are in our business place and alcohol doesn't have room. Well, sometimes there's the holiday room. party doesn't take place in the inside the workplace, though. Well, but that's what I'm saying, though, is that like, why would you even put yourself in that situation of like, hey, I'm going to get my employees drunk. Why not just completely avoid that and just do the three o'clock yeah. on Friday? The, the way you kind of have to now. I get it. So the top 10. Drunkest cities in Ohio. You won't believe where Canton list. Lakewood comes in at number 10. Now, the way they did this was by population, the divorce rate, liquor stores per capita, and bars per capita. I would have never thought this. Bars, having lived in Lakewood for a long, long time, there's bars everywhere. Bars per capita was eighth for Lakewood. I didn't know that. Liquor stores were 37th in Ohio. I didn't realize that. Now, liquor stores are tougher to find in Lakewood than bars. Bars were everywhere there. I was surprised by that. Cleveland comes in at number nine, ninth drunkest city. Their, uh, their divorce rate in Cleveland, 15%. Bars per capita, fifth in the state. Lima comes in at number eight. You got Fremont coming in at number six. We'll skip over a few of these. Sandusky at number five. Uh, the divorce rate there is 14%. Bars per capita, third in Ohio. And I guess um, if you're including the islands in that, that makes all the sense in the world. Right. Cincinnati comes in at number four, uh, bars per capita, first in Ohio. So if you like to drink a lot, like to, uh, like to hang out in the bars a lot, uh, Cincinnati's where you can go to do that. Zanesville, small town there, comes in at number three, the divorce rate, 18%, bars per capita, 21st, liquor stores per capita, 6th in Ohio and Zanesville. When you when you start factoring like per 100,000 people, I, at first I was like, oh, it's just going to be all the big cities, Columbus, Cleveland, Cincinnati, that, that, that'll that be all those. Right. And then I was like, well, no, because you think about it, in these smaller towns, I mean, number one, you have considerably less people. Per capita is normally how you make things fair. And, and, and you have... I don't want to say less opportunity, but like there's not going to be as many opportunities for um, entertainment outside of bars. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. go to Zanesville, dude. There ain't nothing else to do other than drink. Your neighbor's yeah. wife, maybe. Right. From that, that's and it. Smoke meth. Yeah. Bang, bang your neighbor's wife and drink. And those are those are your options right there. So I guess you know, kind of makes sense of, of why these somebody towns. get a real estate agent on the phone. <laughs> Zanesville sounding good. <laughs> Canton, Ohio comes in at number two, drunkest city in Ohio. Wow. The population here in Canton, Ohio, 73,318. Our divorce rate in Canton is 16%. Bars per capita, we rank at 15th in the state. Liquor stores per capita, we're 11th in the state, Canton, Ohio is. Just getting hammered.
I, I think it I think it applies, dude. I think the same thing applies to what I just said about smaller towns is that like, well, some people just there's not as much to do in Canton and 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 you know, you uh you find yourself like, well, what else are we gonna do? Let's open a bar. That's what we're gonna do. Beer always sells in Canton, Ohio. So I, I'm surprised it was second. I'm I'm not surprised we were in the top ten. I'm not surprised we're in the top ten. I am surprised we were second. I that seemed a little high. Number one, drunkest city in the state of Ohio is Dayton, Ohio. Shouldn't be shocked there because you do have a university there. You, uh, University of Dayton is a wild party school, always has been, um, which again, surprise Columbus didn't make this list. Dayton, number one, population 142,620. Their divorce rate is 16%. Bars per capita in Dayton, eighth in the state. Liquor stores per capita, they come in at number one there. So that's how that kind of evened out. And again, looking over this again, no Columbus. Shocked with Ohio State there. Now they've closed a lot of bars down by Ohio State, but I would have thought for sure Columbus with a major university there. I thought maybe Kent would be in there too because of a, again a pretty big university there, a lot of bars in Kent. I was surprised neither one of those made the list. If you missed those, you want to find out where your city ranks, you can do so at wrqk.com. Something happened to a buddy of ours. Fantone and I are friends with this guy. His name's Ricky Smith. He started a, a, a nonprofit called Rake, Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere. They use the hashtag all over Twitter and all that. And something happened to him the other night. And when he when he posted this, I thought he was kidding because you know Rick's got a pretty sick sense of humor sometimes. And I thought I was like he's kidding about this. And then it broke wide open. And it's actually starting to gain traction throughout the country because of how popular he is. And you won't believe what happened to him. And we'll fill you in next on the Stansbury Show. Please. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 9 o'clock, we'll have Ralphie May in the program. He's in town this Saturday doing a show at the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park. Proud partner of the program. So we'll have Ralphie on the program. Pass out some tickets for his show Saturday. Hard Rock Roxino. If you missed it, the 10 drunkest cities in Ohio. It's just been calculated. List is up. WRQK.com. I've also tweeted it out at Stansbury Shows. How you can find that. Shout out to Canton for representing on that list. Yeah. Pat on the back. I feel like I may have uh, helped sway those numbers a little bit. I feel like maybe I've done my part. So, a buddy of mine who has started a really cool charity nonprofit called Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere. The hashtag is Rake, R-A-K-E. And his whole thing is he just does cool things for people that don't know he's about to do it. And, you know, it, it's basically like the pay it forward movement is, is basically how it works. Yeah, not necessarily a new idea that uh, that Rick had, but at the same time, I think he kind of... Uh, he's really pushing it downhill, like uphill. Took it, took it, took an idea and then kind of modernized it with social media and kind of took advantage of like, hey, this idea has been around forever. How can we present it in a new form? I mean, he's got a McDonald's commercial, this right, guy. You right. know what I mean? And, uh, you, know, you know, people might not know. Ricky is a comedian by trade, and uh, he's written some you know TV shows like Workaholics is a show on Comedy Central. Ricky used to write for Workaholics. Um, he has written with David Spade. I mean, he's kind of one of those guys. He's ingrained in some things. And Ricky and I uh, and met through his Rake Foundation. I had heard somebody talk about it. I did it once, and uh, I felt amazing that whole day. And the next thing I know, he called the radio show. I put him on the air, and then we've been friends ever since. And I've, uh, I, you know, sometimes I get a little lazy about this, and then I forget, and then I go back and do something. Sure enough, you feel amazing about it. 
So Ricky's one of these guys. He's kind of out there. He's an, and he's opinionated, and he 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 doesn't hold anything back. And he's kind of a, a lot like us in the sense that he'll tell you anything that's going on with him. Yeah, he's definitely a personality. And I mean, granted, he's not a media personality, but he's a personality, no doubt. Yeah, he, he very well could be. He could be on TV or the radio. No. Oh problem. God, he's got a TV show being developed by a major network right now. Ricky's going to be a national television star. There's no doubt about it. And he's wickedly talented, and he's an African-American man, okay? And Ricky and I will sometimes get into conversations about race, you know? And I, you've heard me say this, and I believe and I hold this to be true. One of the things that I have always hated during Barack Obama's run as president is you kept hearing people say, racism's not real. We have a black president. That's crazy. That's crazy. That, that that line of thinking is just insane. And I know what somebody else is going to tweet me in and say, well, Little Wayne was on TV just two months ago. You guys talked about it. You know, Little Wayne saying racism is over. And I remember saying during that conversation, that's crazy. It may be over for Little Wayne. It ain't over for everybody. So Ricky went out to eat at a national chain restaurant. And I want to be a little careful here because I would assume they advertise with us. I don't know for sure. I don't know. But he went. To the Olive Garden. Now, not here, but this was up in Parma outside of Cleveland. And I'm just going to read you the tweets. And I thought, like I said, when he first posted this, I was like, oh, he's kidding. And then I thought, oh, no. No, he's not. And then it started to be picked up by, you know, news organizations and everybody else. I was like, oh, this is a real thing. So the first tweet says, I just got asked to leave Olive Garden. Because we asked for a new server because our current server said she doesn't like serving blacks. Yikes. I can't believe that could happen in a a national chain restaurant. What about it that you couldn't believe? I can't believe somebody would say that directly to a group of people. Like I could understand not. I, I understand that there are people out there who feel that way. So then he goes on to tweet. It was a black waitress who said she doesn't like serving blacks. So he points that out. Because, again, I, I know this is going to change this for some people. I don't know why, but it, but it will change the dynamic for some people. So apparently after she makes this remark to them, they ask to speak to a manager. The manager comes out and, according to Ricky, says they were told that the options were this. You either continue to have this woman as your waitress or you are to leave. So then their response, then Ricky and his group's response was, we're going to choose not to leave the restaurant. They told the manager, call the police. So Parma police show up and tell him and his group of friends, and I don't know who he was with, but Ricky's never alone. It's probably, you know, it's probably a group of four or five people. He's one of those guys has a hard time being alone. And when Parma police showed up, they told him that the Olive Garden had the right to ask them to leave. He says there, so they go back to Twitter. He says, we took an Uber out here, so we're just in the parking lot, and there's like a, a photo or whatever. And he goes on to say, and I feel like this is important to point out, and I was happy he did this, that the Parma police were very cool in their handling of the situation, but told us it was in Olive Garden's right to ask us to leave the restaurant. Now, Olive Garden, like corporate, uh, issued a statement about the incident that took place the other night, and it says, we find this deeply concerning. 
All guests are welcome at Olive Garden. We're currently investigating the matter, which means they're going to find out who this waitress was. She's going to be dealt with. Manager, probably two. You're out. Now, I don't know if it's in Olive Garden's right or not to tell people to leave. I know somebody's going to be like, well, you have the right to refuse service to anyone, right? I know that's going to be part of this conversation. Yeah, but you don't have the right to refuse service uh, based on protected classes, and race is one of those protected classes. I agree. I do. We're not arguing about this. So, dude, I can already feel no, you I'm up not, on, just, on your liberal soapbox, but dial I'm, it down, I'm dude. Just, we're on the same I'm side. Telling you what, I'm telling you what it is. And so, well, dude, I'm aware of that, and I think most people are aware of that. And I, so I, th- there's a few interesting things here, because like I said, I know this is going to change a, a lot, you know, this is going to change, the fact that this waitress was black is going to change this for people. See, that's not racism. That's not racism where yeah it is you can be racist against your own people you absolutely can you can have negative opinions about uh, about a group of people to which you belong there's a bunch of white people i would never want to stand next to there's a bunch of you that i'd be like nope i'm not part of that Uh, you know what i mean so you can definitely do that this stuff still happens and i know i've kind of been that well dude if you don't want to bake a gay wedding cake don't do it i've been i've kind of been that guy and what i've always said about why this stuff is, is a little bit different now than it was in the 50s and the 60s is this, is that there's a million restaurants. And that if you don't want to serve somebody, then don't. And let the market bear what happens. And that your small business will probably be closed down. And why I've always been kind of okay with that is because, you know what, Best Buy and Walmart and these national chains will take your money. But it turned out this national chain didn't want to take his money. That's a problem. That's a problem. You can't do that. Now, we're getting one side of the story. But I know Ricky, so I feel confident in saying no scene was made. Because, dude, if you throw a fit or whatever, and next thing you know, there's obscenities flying and all this stuff, guys, you got to wrap this up and get out of here. I could understand that. I could totally get it. But I know him, and I wasn't there, so I can't claim for sure. But my guess is, is that it was handled properly. I know him. And I can't believe this would happen. I can't believe this would happen. And I don't understand... Especially as a manager, like I can understand how somebody who doesn't care about their job as a waitress, maybe it's a young girl, whatever, I'll go get another waitress. Fantos talked about that a million times, and he's right. When you work as a waitress or a waiter, it's like those jobs are a dime a dozen. If you look really hard, if you pound the pavement for about a day, and if you serve before, you're going to serve again. There, You've said this plenty of times, that they're not even going to call your previous restaurant. They're just going to look and see if you worked at one, and boom, you're probably hired. So I can under, I can get that. But as a manager... It's the bottom line is what matters, and your margins are small, and corporate wants to see you turn a profit, and turning down a table of whatever it was, four or six, whatever it was, isn't going to help you reach your budget. Yeah, and, 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 a, and a much bigger picture is that you don't want this headache. You knew that. that how did you not look down the field and see that this was going to be a major problem? Yes. How, I mean, and, and, and just self-preservation there, you would, you'd be like, dude, I don't want this issue. And I mean, dude, requesting a new waitress or a server isn't a new thing. I mean, that happens plenty of times. I mean, there's plenty of people who are like, oh, well, you know, hey, I don't like this person or for whatever reason, I don't feel like they're doing a good job. Can I have another server? That's not out of the question. That's not out of the question at all. In this, how many times did it? Is a guy who served? How many times did it happen to you as a server? A lot. Where people I, wanted to swap you out? Oh, uh, it happened. I mean, not a it's lot. It's common enough. It, but it, it definitely happened okay. over my career where it'd be like, hey, can you take that table for, for Heather? Can, you know, whatever reason, whether she's too busy or they just didn't like her or they had a bad experience with her last time? It's, it's common enough. 
And also common enough, honestly, is racism within the serving industry. I don't think that's very well hidden at all. Um, I mean, in in restaurants, I mean, it's very common to refer to tables of African-Americans as Canadians. And that's like the code word. Yeah, that's been the code word. Oh, yeah. Hey, I got a table full of Canadians over there. I'm like, well, why don't you just say black people? Because we all know what Canadians mean. Right. And so do they. You don't have to be like, oh, dude, hey, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be sneaky about this. Um, I, I, I guess you're right. The the. The waitress, eh, whatever. Even the fact that she's black, I mean, it shows a bigger racism. I mean, whether whether she, you know, is a self-loathing black person or whatever, it shows a bigger, like, you know, systemic racism. And it, 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 it how? Well, I think it shows it shows like, hey, I don't want to take care of these people in a service in a service setting. Even me as a black person. Why does that mean systemic racism, though? Why can't that just be a personal thing? Recognizes or, or has has kind of been taught or has learned that, hey, taking care of black people isn't as easy as taking care of white people. I mean, I, I well, wait I a minute. Think, uh, has she learned that or just experienced it firsthand and knows it to be true firsthand? I mean, do you feel like do you feel like that's true? I mean, it, all right, I got to be careful with how I say this because, dude, a guy like me can lose his job in um, in a heartbeat when talking about race like this and being frank about it. And I like being honest. Okay, have I noticed that while working hip hop shows, that the less money comes across the bar over that for sure? Yes, the answer is yes. I don't want to say that. It's uncomfortable. And I know a lot of people just went, F you, you're, you're terrible. But the truth of the matter is, I have noticed it. It happens, and it's kind of a routine. It is kind of a routine. Like Young Jeezy's playing the Agora at the end of this month. I love Young Jeezy. So I want to work that show. But I know damn well that show will sell out, and I'll probably make less money than I would for other sold-out shows. I know that going in. Now, I won't turn down shows because of that. I don't care enough not to go to work because of that. But I have seen. Now, is this, does it mean it's indicative of everywhere across the country or across the world? No. But have I noticed it personally in my serving life? The answer is yes. And to deny that would be unfair to the conversation. So if I've put my career at risk over that, well, honestly, that was stupid, and I hope I can find another job. But I, what I would hope is that people could listen to the radio and go, okay, well, that's not really racist. He's just kind of saying what has happened to him, which that's it, it's been true. That if you work, that in my experience, that if I work a hip hop show, it better, we better be filled to the rafters. That I need more bodies in the building to make the same amount of money that I do for other shows. That's just the truth. Now, that's my working situation. I don't know if that's true for every server in the world. I don't know that. I've heard it from other people. And I've had I've had African American friends of mine flat out tell me, "Yeah, dude, I don't tip at I don't tip at restaurants. I don't tip at bars. I don't do that. You should you, you get paid to bring me that." Okay, that's well within your right. And obviously, African Americans aren't the only ones that feel that way. There are plenty of there are plenty of Caucasian white people, whatever the hell we're supposed to call each other these days. There are plenty of those people that don't tip too. Part of it isn't just African American. Part of it is young. Part of it is if you go to a rap show, chances are you're on the younger end of things, and you're less likely to. A, have a job that gives you expendable income to where you can tip. And there's other factors that go into it. It's not just race. But yes, have I seen less money come across the bar working hip-hop shows and other shows? The answer is absolutely 100% yes. So I don't know if that's systemic or if people have just noticed that it's a reality for them, is I mean, but doesn't make it okay. Yeah, that's to what say I was going to say is that I mean, at no. that point, at that point, you you are saying that it's going to be more likely that a black 
customer is going to be less likely to tip you. I'm again. I've given you examples of why I'm talking about. Like I think. I think a lot of it is age. I think it's not all just race. It does race play a factor in it sometimes. I would hate that. I would hate to say that race plays a factor in everything in life, but doesn't come into this. That that would be irresponsible, and it would be a flat out lie. And, and, dude, I'm going to tell you the truth on both sides. What do I always say? What did I say during the election? When Donald's wrong, I'm going to tell you he's wrong. When he's right, I'm going to tell you he's right. And same thing about Hillary. And so I'm going to tell you, does this stuff happen? Absolutely it happens. And this is terrible. And you shouldn't not serve somebody because, you know what, as a server, you just kind of know. You kind of know. Certain tables are going to make up for other ones, and I don't care what race is this and that. And if you carry that, and as a server, I will tell you this. If you carry that kind of mentality into the shift, you will always make less money. See, I don't carry that attitude into my shift. I choose to work a lot of hip-hop shows because I love the music, right? So I choose, to, and so I never carry that attitude into that shift. Like, oh well, I know I'm not going to make any money, so why work hard, or why why treat people respectfully if I if I know I'm not going to make any money? That's crazy. You'll always make less money doing that. And people who, if if you get stuck into these, well, this is just for sure, then you'll live inside that box, and people will surprise you. People will surprise you. I've had plenty of hip-hop shows where I've made a ton of money. Anytime Bone Thugs and Harmony plays, dude, I know I'm making good money then. I know I'm making money that night. There are just certain crowds here and there. Now, there are plenty of rock crowds that didn't tip too. But have, have I noticed this? Is it, is, is it something else? Is there something else here? Yes, I've noticed it. Personally while serving. But that doesn't mean that you can look at a group of people and be like, I don't like serving you. That's terrible. Now, I was raised better than that. So I'm never going to look at a group of people and say that because that's terrible. A, first and foremost, self-preservation, Fantone hit it on the head. I care about my jobs. I, I, I want to be able to make a living. I, I, I want to be able to pay my rent and, and do things I enjoy. And I, I remember we started the program out talking about another racist issue. I understand inward racism. I totally get it. I understand how people could allow that, those feelings to fester in you and you have it. But outwardly, how do you even do it anymore with technology and all this stuff? How do you even like have a life? How do you survive every day? This was terrible. Olive Garden's obviously going to make good. You're probably going to see two people lose their job. And I would have to say, probably rightfully so. Again, we got one side of the story. I don't know what happened on the other side. But my, like I said, I know Ricky. And if Ricky's telling me this is the way it went down, I'm inclined to believe him on the way that this went down. If you're just joining us. He was in an Olive Garden the other night. A black waitress told him and his, uh, a group of his friends that she didn't like serving blacks. They asked for a new waitress. Manager said, you can either have this waitress or you can leave. They opted to have the police call. Cops showed up, told him, eh, it's Olive Garden's right to, to, to tell you to leave. I just, you know, well, Barack Obama's president, racism is over. No, it's not. It's alive and well. I've been telling you that forever. It's alive and and very well. We'll be back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show and Rock 106.9 online at WRQK.com. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll talk to Ralphie May. Going to be in town Saturday at the Hard Rock Roxino. We'll get you into his show. Another reminder, we'll be out at the Giant Eagle this Friday. On the Strip for Long Haul Against Hunger. Taking cash, food donations, benefit the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. We'll be out there starting at 6 a.m. This Friday, Giant Eagle up on the strip. If you're unable to make that, 
uh, our good buddy, local police officer Lamar Sharp, is doing something pretty cool on this Saturday, the 3rd. He'll be at CSE, 1380 Market Avenue in Canton from 11 to 3. They're doing the Stuff the Cruiser drive, uh, toy drive for kids looking for new, unused, unwrapped toys there. Stop by and see him at the CSE this Saturday. A couple of good opportunities for you to do good for your fellow man there. I saw this on my desk, Fantone. Uh, apparently, our front desk woman, Linda, took a, uh, a message from a listener of ours, Chris, who says, uh, my girlfriend and I are going to bring you guys breakfast on Friday at Giant Eagle. If you have any questions, please call me. I don't know what anybody means by questions. We have orders. I mean, I mean... <laughs> Kind of thing that dude can, can, can we pre-order? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what kind of questioning would be would be there either. But no, thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, going to be a good day out there, Giant Eagle. Looking forward to that, man. We're actually going to go tour the food bank this afternoon uh, with the CEO Dan Flowers, Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. Yeah, get a little inside look at that place. We'll make sure we take some pictures, get that stuff posted for you guys. So you can take a look at that operation again. Four out of four stars at CharityNavigator.org. Uh, it's, it's amazing what they do over there at the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. Looking forward to doing some cool stuff with them on Friday. All right, so the Cavaliers fell last night. Uh, Jr. had a little bit of a, Jr. Smith had a little bit of an embarrassing play where he, apparently he was saying hi to somebody on the court and like that just didn't pick up his uh, defensive uh, you know assignment and got smoked. Happens. It's gonna happen. You know what I mean? Hey, you're talking to somebody on another team and while the game is going on. I mean, I've been a huge uh, defender of Jr. Smith since he came to Cleveland, but that was a very strange move last night. It was Jason Terry, and I don't understand why in the middle of the game, you would have decided to like, hey, I'm going to go say what's up to my boy. Uh, had timeout or halftime or quarter change or, or anything like that, sure. But I mean, this a lot was, of people are going to tell you after the game. This was game time like as in, it was happening. Right, in game. It's a little strange. So that's been our, you know, that's been the local sports people's nitpick this morning. Now in Boston, things are actually heating up a little further. A guy who uh, a lot of Cavaliers fans wanted to see in a, in a Cavs jersey, Al Horford. Ended up getting $30 million from the Celtics, right? And I know a lot of people wanted him here. He ended up in Boston. And the Boston media is coming after Al Horford, Boston Celtic, for not playing in a game and going to the hospital for his daughter's birth. And I have the quote here. It says, I do have one nitpick, one little thing, Al Horford. Your $30 million man, or however much you pay him a year, he sat out tonight because he had the birth of his kid. Was it yesterday? He's asking the question. Yesterday. He had the birth of his kid in Atlanta. The game was in Miami. I know when you make $30 million a year, it ain't much to get a private jet. The Celtics owner would probably pick it up to fly down at 3 o'clock in Atlanta. It's about a 90-minute flight to Atlanta, play the game, and come right back. I'm sure his wife... In the hospital, surrounded by nurses, mothers, aunts, relatives, I would have gone to the game. I would have played the game, and I like my guys to sort of forsake everything for the team. Then the quote goes on a little later to say, can I just say one thing quickly? If there were complications, then okay. Take that all that off the table. If the mother and the child or something happened where there were complications, then I totally understand it. But if it's just a generic childbirth, play the game play the game. Now, I thought about this and I was like, I know America's not going to hear this well. They're just America's going to hear that and they're going to go, that's not nice. 
That's not nice. And then I thought, I always use this. Because I'm a you-go-to-work kind of guy. That's who I am. I don't care what's going on. You go to work. And LeBron went. LeBron played. Savannah had a kid. LeBron was on the court playing. And I want to be careful about how I say this because I know a lot of you are going to hear me say it and assume that I mean you. And I don't necessarily mean you. But when life gives you certain positions, I'm sorry, there are different, there are different rules for you. There are. There are different rules for you than there are for other people. And when you have a job of legitimate privilege, whether it took hard work to get it or not, it's still a job of privilege. I know it took a lot of work and you had to sacrifice a lot of time and jump, you know, free throws in the backyard for 10 hours. I get it. I know a lot of work went into it. But it's still a luxury position that the rules change for you. I, just, I, I believe that. And I believe Al Horford should have played in this basketball game. What other positions do you feel like that would apply to? This is one of them for sure. I did afternoons in an ensemble cast, and a girl took a day off because her sister was having a baby, and I rallied against her for a week, and I still, to this day, was like, dude, what is the matter with you? A, it was your sister's second kid, not even her first, and it wasn't you having a baby. It was your sister. What are you doing? Get your ass to work. So this, broadcasters, is one of those jobs. Sports athletes, uh, dude, athletes, another one of those jobs. Um I would go so far as to say an actor, depending on what you're filming, depending on what you're calling. If it did, if you're going to have to shut a production down and you're going to cost the studio, t- you know, millions of dollars in filming and all this stuff so you can go have your kid. I'm sorry, dude. You finish, you, you wrap your filming, you get on the plane and you go. Is this exclusive to entertainment? I mean, what's a non-entertainment job that you feel like would this apply to? Because, I mean, doctors are able to take time off and those are, you know, I mean, scheduled. Well, I mean, but if you're a doctor, you can you can certainly take time off. That's your prerogative. You to have do to so. schedule that. You can't just as a doctor be like, "Yo, I'm not showing up tonight." Oh, I, dude, I'm telling you right now, you can't. I mean, you, you, you can. I mean, I've never heard of that. There's, there's. I mean, if you, if like you're a medical professional, you. I mean, you get sick. You so an ER doctor can just be like, "Yo, no, I'm not coming in tonight." I, I'm sure. I'm sure it happens. Uh, I want somebody to tell me if that's true or not. Okay. I, I I want somebody to tell me if that's true or not. I don't. I I don't. I I doubt that that's the case. And if it is, I doubt very highly that good physicians do it. Would be my guess. And that th- that there's something about them that's like you know what? No, I need to be there. Unless again, if you're going to get somebody else sick or whatever, this and that complications. Yes. But if it's just I'm a t- I, I don't think that that's the way that goes down. Maybe it does, but I don't think so. I would I would doubt that highly. If you and again, I think what you get paid does weigh into this. If you can think if you get paid thirty million dollars, then you go. You go to work. Right? I'm kind of with this broadcaster where it's like, and I don't like the term generic childbirth, because dude, when you're talking about childbirth, nothing's routine. I'm sure for the, for all of you that have kids, I'm sure nothing's routine about it. Okay? But if there's no major complications, play the game. Play the game. The kid's not gonna know. The kid's not gonna know. And you're bringing the kid into a world where they're never really going to hurt for much because of what it is you do for a living and how much money you get paid to do it. If you're smart with your money, I know athletes go broke all the time. All right, they get taken advantage of by financial guys and then they make bad, you know, whatever. You know, they go broke. But you are given an opportunity where you can raise a kid in a world where they can be well taken care of, and that's through what you do for a living. And gamers play. Gamers play. Now I'm not married. 
And part of the reason I would say that I'm probably not and why I don't have children is because I would look at my wife and say, I'm sorry. But if my wife went into labor this morning, I'm finishing this broadcast and then going to the hospital. There's nothing I can do in that hospital that can't be done when this show's over. I am lucky to sit where I sit. Now, did it take hard work for me to get here? Absolutely. Did it take some God-given ability and natural ability? Absolutely. Okay? But it was also luck. And this is a position of privilege. And I'm sorry, but if my wife goes into labor, my dedication to raising that family and providing for that family is first serviced by coming in here and doing my job. And I can never forget that. Otherwise, the next guy behind me will have the job. And again, like I said, there's only there, there's a handful of these. I'm not talking to everybody. It's not like if you took off the work to go that, that you're awful. But doesn't this apply to every job? Because in the end of the day, every job's a job of privilege, and anybody, any job you have, somebody else is right behind you wanting to have it. Look, that can happen. That can absolutely happen. But those jobs, I would say, are more easily replaced than a lot of other positions. And I think when you do certain things, you always say this about cops, we hold you to a higher standard. Well, if you make a ton of money and you have a job of privilege and you are in the entertainment business, I hold you to a higher standard when it comes to this stuff. And that means when it's time to go to work, you effing go. You go. Because you're being paid $30 million to play a game. You tell your wife, I'm sorry, we don't live a conventional life. We don't live a conventional life. Do you want the mansion? Do you want the gated house? Do you want the Ferraris? Do you want all this stuff? Then guess what? I got to go make blocks tonight. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. My dad went to the hospital when my mom was having me after he got off of work. Because I was born in 1976 and your boss didn't just let you walk out of the door to go. You had to finish. You had to do your day. We don't do that anymore. Men now take six weeks off because their wife's pregnant, which is honestly makes my head want to spin around when I think about that. If you're being paid $30 million, go play the game. Go to the hospital when you're done. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9, online at WRQK.com. Before the break, we were talking about Al Horford, Boston Celtic, uh, media calling him out for not playing in the game and going to his wife's side as she was delivering their baby and I believe that the child was actually born the day before and I've kind of said you know I like LeBron the way LeBron did it LeBron went and played the game got on the plane and then went to the hospital when the game was over it's not like he was like yeah I'm going a week but when the game was over and I kind of like that mentality and you know of course I've struck a nerve with some people And I'm hearing from Twitter, family is more important than manning up and doing a job. At the end of the day, we can be fired and still have a kid. Okay, well, I take a different approach versus, uh, ah, just find another job. Yeah, just go get another one. And maybe that's because I have a dream job. I'm doing what I dreamt of doing when I was a kid. A lot of people don't. But I'm not going to be cavalier with the, ah, just go get another one. As a guy who's found it very difficult in between jobs, as a, as a guy who's very talented at this, and in between jobs, it's tough to find one. That I would be here. My wife goes into labor this morning, I'm here. Show's over at 10, right out the door. Now, if you schedule time off or whatever, then fine. But A, you're not allowed to schedule time off. The NBA players aren't just like in the middle of the season allowed to be like, well, you know what, vacation day. And me, I'm not allowed to take vacation days at certain times of the year. 
Why? Because the radio station's being raided, and they rely on me to make sure they can, they can get the best ratings humanly possible, and I give them the best chance at that. Fantone and I give them the best chance at that. So they want our asses in our chairs while we're being raided. That, to me, makes all the sense in the world. Makes all the sense in the world to me. And I would, I, and then every girl I've ever dated, I've had to explain them. We can't go to, on vacation then. Sorry, honey, I can't go then. Because I have a job of privilege. I have a job that, that I'm lucky to have. And through that, you're going to have some things where, that, that are different than some other people. That's it. That's you, it. You feel the same way about Channing Fry taking time off because his parents died? I don't love it. But death is different. And I don't want to be considered to be heartless. What if, I mean, you know, and obviously with Al Horford, his, his child was already born, I guess, at that point. But I mean, like, anytime you're going into labor, that's a medical emergency, right? Is it a technical? Well, I guess technically under the letter of the law, it's probably considered to be an emergency. Yeah. I mean, it's something you're calling 911 over. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a yes. Okay. You're getting closer. You are getting closer. I just think there's a handful of jobs where I'm going to hold you to a higher standard. Like we hold cops to a higher standard, like we hold presidents, or at least we used to, to a higher standard. I'm going to hold athletes, actresses, actors, media personalities, myself included. I'm going to hold myself to a higher standard. That's all. That's it. I'm not condemning you. Now, I think when guys take the six weeks off because their wife's having a baby, I do. I look down my nose at you. I do look down my nose at that. Uh, what about people who are going to make the argument of, well, that's an important bonding time for a family, and if that, if that it makes a positive impact on the child, isn't that more important than... Then why are we... Then why is the world softer now that we're doing it versus back in the day when, whenever, when, when people didn't do that? And uh, why is it considered to be the world softer now? And that, and that uh, you know, we run commercials and say this, the modern man has less to testosterone we're a softer nation now than we were before so is is it that is it because we've spent so much mommy time are we a better nation i don't know are we i know sometimes we have these conversations where everybody wants to say yes we are and then two minutes later we have another conversation where it's like see we haven't really come all that far so i don't know if we're better or not i don't know all i know is i would feel uncomfortable taking six weeks off of time because my wife was going to have a baby. I would feel uncomfortable by that. And I would feel like I would be replaced by that. And I should be replaced for that. I should be. Certain jobs require you to do other things. Same guy's tweeting in and says, look, I have my dream job too. I love what I do, but jobs are just that. They're just jobs. Okay. I view this as a career and careers aren't just jobs. You find a career, you better hold on to that tight in America because they're harder and harder to find every day. Jobs are up. Yes, I know the economy's doing better. Jobs are up. Careers are harder to find. Job stands for just over broke. A career gives you something else. And Al Horford has something else. And I want his ass on the court, and I want him playing. Now he plays for the Celtics. I don't care if he plays at all. But if that that were a Cavalier, yes. And going back to Channing Fry, death is different. I think it's different. And because you're, I, I just think death, I, I, I think death is different. Although, although, and you hear me go to the dad well all the time on the program, when I found out that that happened, where was I? Where was I the next day after that happened? In the radio studio. The program director had to come in and say, what is the matter with you? Your father died yesterday. Go home and console your mother. But what did I do? Went to the radio studio because that's what my father would have wanted me to do. He would have wanted me to continue with my life. And he showed me the way he would have lived, which he would have been at work. And so that's what I did. And when I, that's how I mourn. I dive into work. I'm just built different. Maybe I'm built different. I don't know. 
Not everybody's the same. But when death happened to me, I went where I felt most comfortable, which was the radio studio, because I'm defined by what I do. Now, that's probably not the best way to live, and it's probably why I'm single and why no woman wants to marry me. Maybe that's why. I don't care. I'd rather have this than a wife and a kid any day of the week. Be right back with Ralphie May next on The Stansbury Show. Six, nine. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Uh, we're having a, uh, a couple of technical issues getting hooked up with Ralphie May, who's in town, Hard Rock Roxino, this Saturday. We do have tickets for that show. We'll still uh, we'll still pass those out. But, uh, we're having some issues with phones or something, having issues connecting with Ralphie May. I apologize about that. I've been promoing that all morning. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people were looking forward to hearing Ralphie on the program. I'm going to pivot here, and I was going to talk about this this morning on the program anyway, and I'm about to do something that most radio bosses wish that you wouldn't, and that's, I'm going to get into a subject here on the show that I don't know how I feel about. Now, it's always been the rule of thumb in the radio, or any media, is have an opinion on it, be staunch in that opinion, and feel one way or the other. Be polarizing there a little bit. Essentially, has always been the rule of thumb. But I don't necessarily know here because I think we're, we've reached epidemic status with the drug problem in America. And so I don't know how I feel about this. When I first read it or when I first think about it, I'm like, ah, that makes me uncomfortable. I understand the desire, but it makes me uncomfortable. And what that is, is Zionsville School Board has approved... This is in Indiana, Zionsville, Indiana, has approved random drug testing of school students. Now, the new policy, Fantone, will require any student who wishes to take part in sports, clubs, or if you plan on parking on school property to consent to random testing. I like that it's not just random students these are students who are, are are trying to get privileges i mean all those things playing sports being in clubs on on parking on on driving to school those are all privileges yes so they brought in the parking on schools property so they could get past the people who were like i don't want to play football anyway what do right. i care right, right. That, that's exactly why they did that now the school board voted three two in favor of the testing Some say this is going to prevent students from using drugs. Others say it's an invasion of privacy and will not work. I think both are right there. I think there's never going to be the silver bullet that makes kids stop trying drugs. Okay, let's let's just let's just forget that there's never a silver bullet. That's not to say, though, that you shouldn't look into things that could maybe help move that ball down that field. But I am with the people who initially I'm kind of with the people who say this is an invasion of your privacy. I'm with that a little bit. I, um, I, I, I think it's a weird thing to do to start drug testing high school kids. If you were just grabbing kids out of the hallway, I would agree with you. If, if this was just like, hey, general population, you have, to be, you have to be drug tested whenever we say, I would agree with you 100% because these kids don't necessarily get a say in whether they do or do not go to school. They do get no, a you say. have to be there. They do get a say of whether they do or do not play sports or, or be involved in you know, clubs or anything like that. So once you start putting privilege into it, 
I can I, I'm okay with it. It's not necessarily the same thing as uh, trampling on your rights. Hmm. Just like if you apply for if you apply for a job, they have the right to drug test you. Like yeah. I, I understand that. Uh, but the government, somebody just can't come drug test you today because they feel like it. Right. So I, I, as, as long as those are the perimeters, I'm okay with it. They say here by the end of this year, we'll be at over 20 overdose deaths of young kids, young children. Now that's there. That's Zionsville, Indiana is what they're saying that. Most parents at the meeting agreed that something should be done about drug use and the drug problem in America, but they differ on the approach. And... One had this to say, if we can deter those students that might not do drugs, to give them some ammunition to say no to a friend who is peer pressuring them, then I think we're doing the right thing as a school board and a community. Um, then another had, you know, said, well, random drug testing is going to cut against a sense of trust. There's no way around that outcome. Is it important that a student trust the school board? All right, can I tell you one of my hesitations to, about randomly drug testing kids? Okay, great. You, you drug tested the kid and you found out he's on drugs. What's the plan? What's the plan? Is he not? Because, again, they're going with people who plan on parking at the school a lot. So what are you going to do? Take the parking pass away? What sure. Are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to stop them from playing football or basketball, whatever the sport is? That's great. You know what you haven't done? You've punished them for this drug use. You're not looking to rehabilitate at all. I'm not for I'm not for schools randomly drug testing kids until you have a system in play that talks about recovery and getting them off the drugs versus just going, oh, you know, this one thing where you where, where you do have some positives in your life. Yeah, we're yanking that away from you. And now all you have is drugs. That's where I'd be hesitant. I would. And again, I started this whole thing off by saying I don't really know where I'm at on this. I, 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 I know what you're trying to get to there is you're taking away the, um, you know, like you said, the one positive thing that they might have going on or the thing that's kind of keeping them from, from taking things to the next level. But there has to be consequences to your actions. And I mean, I listen, should there be a plan in place of like, hey, here's what we're going to do and here's how we're going to handle the first one, the second one, the third one? Sure. Um, I just don't know if that's, you know, well, well you have to have a plan for it. All right, well, we're going to take you off the football team and you're going to have to go to our Narcotics Anonymous meeting or you're going to have to, you know, spend X amount of time doing community service. Or, Is you Dare know. still in schools? Uh, I think so, yeah. Dare was in schools when I, when, when, I mean, that was in my high school. I remember having to go to the Dare office when they thought, oh my God, you might be on the marijuana. And I had to go to like the Dare office and do like, you know, classes that day. It's grossly. Um, Probably underfunded. Oh, I'm not underfunded, but inefficient. It's grossly inefficient. It's not like people when the Dare program went into play, like everyone's like, oh, this is really going to work. It hasn't worked at all. But I mean, it yeah, still, still exists. Tyler tweets and says high schools in Stark County do this, too. I didn't know that about that. And then uh, another guy tweets and says newcomers town high school in Ohio did the same random drug testing when he was in school. I didn't know about that. If you're doing privileged things and all those things are privileged, I, I, I can't come up with a reason to why this can't. Happen. OK, so there's no and I'm asking here. So there's no problem with. You're going to park on school grounds and you want to play football, random drug testing, yes. You aren't going to apply for a parking pass at the high school. You plan on taking the bus. You're never going to get tested? I mean, isn't the whole thing that we don't want the drugs in school? And 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 so and we don't want drug transactions and those kinds of things in school? Then I don't know how how drug testing kids who are 
I mean, honestly, aren't you better off drug testing the kids that don't want to take part in any of the programs? I mean, isn't uh, isn't it the 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 loner you may want to look into? Um, I don't know if that's you know if that stereotype's necessarily true. I was involved in plenty of stuff in high school and and did drugs. Dude, it's drugs. It can go both ways. Right. That's my point, though. Is that what are we learning by only drug testing kids who want to play basketball? If we're only if we're if we're if we're even if we're taking away a small amount, like you said, there's never going to be a single silver bullet. And got to start somewhere. If we're moving things in the right direction, Again, if there's I don't less know how kids I feel on drugs. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I and again, I don't have kids, so it's kind of hard for me to insert myself into certain situations. How would I feel about that if I got home from work, honey? Our kid was randomly drug tested in 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 school. Now I would know for sure, much like all his other tests, he's going to fail that one. Okay, like I don't, I don't know, because I, I, I again, I, I support. Like business wanting to drug test their employees, I get it. I could totally get that. All right, I'm thankful radio doesn't do that, but I understand it. You're not required to be at work. You choose to go there. You're required to go to school. You're forced to be there. So forcing you to take a medical test while we're forcing you to be there, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I can go for it. And like I said, I think it's unfair. Like if you know, if you you know, if a kid can just be like, "Well, I'm just not going to do things. I'm not going to park at school. I'm not going to play sports and whatever." You're not going to drug test me. And I would like it if we're going to do this and we're going to do it under the guise of we need to protect the kids. Then you need to have a system in place of what you do when you find out a kid's on drugs. Dude, finding out the kids on drugs isn't the problem. What to do once you know the kids on drugs is the problem. Give me that fix, and you could get me closer to this. Am I making sense? I feel like I'm making sense. Yeah, you're making sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, yes, the bigger picture of that is that is you need to have a plan in place. But I, I, I'm sure these people do. You know, and taking away privileges is a part of the deterrent. Like taking away, hey, you can't park here anymore. That is a deterrent. Like the things that you care about, you want to play, be on the basketball team, or you wouldn't be on the basketball team. That's now taken away from you. So I think that's a part of the of of, the, of that process. Yeah, I mean, when you're in high school and you play a sport, that's a big deal. You don't want to be out on you know for the big game on Friday night. I get that. I just without there being the here's what we're going to do. This seems like we're just going to ring this bell with with no battle plan after it, and that seems ill advised to me. I uh, yeah, right now I can't sign off on random drug testing in high school. I can't sign off on that just yet. I want to hear more smart arguments on both sides before I totally make up my mind. But as of right now, I can't sign off on that. We do have Ralphie May tickets. We'll get you hooked up next. Hang on. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com. Before the break, we were talking about drug testing in schools. Uh, a school in Indiana has approved to do the school board voted 3-2. And I kind of said to start the thing out, I, I'm uncomfortable with it. I, I don't really know how I feel about it. Uh, you know, th- th- they had said that if you uh, want to take part in clubs and sports and if you wanted to park on school's property, that you would have to consent to then random drug testing. And Fantone kind of felt like, you know what? Those are all privileges, and so that if you want to, if you want to sign up for privilege, that you, I, which I was surprised that the, that was your take on it, that you would, that, that you could see it that way, where it's like, you know what? You want to sign up for privilege? Then fine, be randomly drug tested. I was really surprised that was going to be your take. So long as you're not picking random kids out of the hallway and just subjecting them to that, you're- isn't that what's going to happen though? 
isn't aren't we going to see this be put into place and then six months down the road we're going to have the story of well they've pulled more black kids into the principal's office than they have white right isn't that going to be a thing well i mean once that happens and once that kate you know once that's 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 a uh you know evidence then i'll then i'll make my argument based on it but as we sit right now if it's executed as it's supposed to be i'm okay with it okay like I said, I don't really know. I kind of want to, you know what I mean? I need to hear more arguments. And John actually tweeted in and had this to say, Fantone. He says, I have no problem with it. Just as long as the teachers, school board members, coaches, and all school employees had to comply as well, fair is fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm shocked that school employees aren't subjected to random drug testing. You totally should be. I got no problem with that at all. Okay. I, um, I think I could see that. Yeah, I think I could get there. Oh, it's a tough call, man. Yeah, it is. It's a t- dude. It, it, drug testing kids in schools just—it feels like a tough call. It just does. It just—it uh, just seems. I don't know. I, I just—I I can't get all the way there. I just can't do it. I want to go back to uh, a little earlier in the program. We were talking about this too, where Al Horford had taken a uh, a night off of work, playing for the Boston Celtics, to go uh, be with his wife, who had had a baby. Now we're finding out the baby was actually born the day before, and then he went, and that changes things. Okay, it changes things. But I've had a labor nurse write in and give her opinion. And my opinion so far on that is, is that she has a unique view of this that you and I obviously don't have with her working in that field. So she writes in and says, hey, guys, I just wanted to share my thoughts on missing a game to be with your wife during labor. Sometimes babies are found deceased at a physician appointments and must be delivered. Babies can be born with defects that require immediate surgery to save their lives. And some are so significant that they will uh, not live long after birth. I feel like I must mention as a labor nurse, labor is a dangerous process. Even if a mom and baby are are both healthy, I have seen babies and mothers go downhill fast from complications during labor and some do not survive. Others require, uh, you know, ICU stays to save their lives. My twin daughter. Oh, my twin daughter lost her life in the womb due to a, due to a cord issue. They were delivered within hours and finding her um, deceased during a scan. Uh, they were six weeks premature. My son was admitted to the uh, to the ICU. Nothing is guaranteed during labor. I believe the player absolutely should have been with his wife. He would regret it for the duration of his life if something happened. Lord willing, all moms and babies are safe and healthy, but it does happen that instead of a good outcome, a funeral or uh, several must be planned. Have a good day. I appreciate you writing in and sharing your story, and obviously you working in the field. Like I said, you have a unique view on this, and I appreciate you sharing it with me. You bring up some points that I didn't think of. Um, so I'll amend. Okay, When you get new information, I believe that uh, you know I, I am in the opinion in the moment business. And anytime you're you know, given new information, your opinion may pivot and may change. So knowing what I know about Al Horford and knowing that his wife and his daughter and the baby you know, was born the day before, then I think you play the game and then you go. She brings up some good points, that things can happen fast in the moment. Okay, And maybe I need to get up off the mat of this, and maybe I need to evaluate my own life and go, you know what, maybe work isn't the most important thing. And maybe about the fact that you have lived your entire life thinking that work is the most important thing is why sometimes you go to bed feeling unfulfilled. Maybe that is why. I don't know. Not Look, look I say my system of life works for me. It, doesn't work, and it probably wouldn't work for everybody. But it's not to say that I'm not flawed and that I can't, you know, find other ways to, you know, to handle certain situations. Just like I said, man, I, my dad was kind of one of those, and maybe wrongfully, you go. And 
he was a minister, and so he was there to counsel other people with problems. And I found my dad leaving my home to go be at somebody else's home a lot to handle their problems. And I did kind of, there was part of me that was like, you know, I wish he was home for this. But there was also part of me that was like proud of him because he was willing to put his personal happiness aside to help somebody else. That made me proud of him. And so there is part of me that wants to carry that kind of tradition, probably wrongfully. I look to honor him in strange ways that way. So, uh, you know, I don't want to give this woman's name out. She, you know, was, you know, through a horrible thing until she gives me the okay on that. I don't feel comfortable about about that. But I appreciate you writing it in. Like I said, you you brought up points I didn't think of. You have a unique view of this that I, you know, obviously don't have, can't be a mother, and I'm not going to be a labor nurse anytime soon. Medical school doesn't sound like a place I want to be at all. Definitely not at my age. Okay. All right. There are definitely going to be certain variables that can come into play here that make that different. I can see that. You know what name we haven't mentioned on the program in a long time? Who's that? And that's rightfully so. And Fantone was early on this, and he had said this, and I, and, and he was right about it. That once he stopped being our problem, we should stop talking about it. And that's Johnny Manziel. But now more problems coming for Mr. Manziel as he's been accused of punching an Austin, Texas bar employee and is in the middle of a lawsuit uh, filed against him. Uh, a brief summary of the lawsuit filed Monday alleges that the man was ordered by Manziel to make his drinks, but then the man informed him he was not a bartender, probably a barback. That happens all the time behind a bar. Sorry, man, one of the bartenders will get you. I'm a barback. The, uh, the plaintiff was overheard talking about Manziel later by a member of Manziel's like private party, entourage, whatever you want to call it, which angered uh, the out of four quarterback. He then allegedly punched the plaintiff in the face, which I could see. I don't know this to be true, but I could see Johnny Manziel being in a bar overhearing a guy talk about how he sucked as a quarterback and then socking him in the face. Now I'm a little uh, I'm a little jealous here. I had always said I wanted to fight Johnny Manziel for some uh, for some style points, get the show talked about, and I always felt like he was a little bit of a bitch. Not that I'm tough, but I feel like I could beat up Johnny Manziel, and I always wanted to fight him. And and that that offer's still good. I don't know if Johnny cares enough to come back to Ohio, but if he does, I'm happy to fight you, dude. Little celebrity box, maybe even oil wrestle. I don't know, but I'm. I would kick Johnny Manziel's ass. I want to beat Johnny Manziel up. I don't know, dude. I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't think I could kick Johnny Manziel's ass. I've got like a foot on him and and probably seventy pounds. And I got more than even, seventy pounds on him. Even at this point, where he hasn't been a professional athlete in a while, I'm going to make the assumption that being a professional athlete within the last like two to three years still gives you a lot of ass kicking capabilities. Eh. You gotta remember, dude, the last Browns quarterback to have a victory. Yeah, but he didn't punch his way into the end zone. You don't think I could beat up Johnny Manziel? No, I don't think I could either, though. I think I could beat up Johnny Manziel. You don't think there's any guy in the NFL you could beat up? Mm, maybe a kicker? But even then, dude, I don't know. These are professional athletes. No, but as far as like skill positions and like any linebacker or anything like that, no quarterbacks. Those dudes could all kick my ass. Who was the um? You know, back I, I used to work at the flagship station of the Cleveland Browns, and we used to have to interview uh, you know those guys all the time. Was it Brian Robisky, whose dad was a coach here and he played at Ohio State? Sounds right. Yeah. Dude, I could have beat up Brian Robisky. His hands were little. I remember when he walked out of the studio, and at that point, the host asked me, he goes, think that kid's going to be any good? I said, no, his hands are too small. 
His hand, I was like, dude, I shook his hand. My hands were bigger than his. I was like, dude, if my hands are bigger than yours, you can't be an NFL receiver. Those dudes are all capable of and have taken giant hits from people who are in the hitting business. And if you're tough enough to be the Cleveland Browns quarterback, you are considerably tougher than I am. So I don't know if it's like, dude, well, Johnny Manziel's got so much punching power, but if me and him are blowing, you know, coming to blows on each other, there's no way that I can take more punishment than he can. He can totally take more hits than I can. Hits from the bong, baby. I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you, I think you could beat up Manziel. I know I could beat up Johnny Manziel. I know I could. Somebody make it happen. Get the kid here. I'll fight him in the parking lot of the radio station. We'll get Metallica to play. It'll be awesome. We have Ralphie May tickets. He's playing Hard Rock Roxino this Saturday, Northfield Park. Caller 15 at 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to that. And uh, charge tickets actually headed your way next on the Stansbury Show. Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Nearing the end of the day, man, it's like I blinked and today was over. I, I, don't, I can't believe how fast today went. I woke up really late this morning. I was up really late last night. I uh, had was getting caught up with a friend I haven't spoken to in a long time. You ever have friends where it's like you're kind of friends as long as you're both single, but as soon as somebody gets like a a better half, it's like yeah, we're not really friends. We just kind of like rely on one another when we're both kind of bored like that. And uh, this girl I haven't spoken to in forever. Had just gotten out of a relationship. She was like, hey, how have you been? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. So you know how that happens. You start texting, and then next thing you know, I was up like half the night with it. Eventually, I had to tell her, I was like, look, I got to be at work in the morning. I got I to gotta be up at 4 a.m. That's what I like about my committed relationship. The hours are a lot better. I'm just like, dude, no, I'm going to bed. I don't care how your day was. I have sex with you all the time. Doesn't matter what you say. I don't say. have to listen to what you say. Yeah, that would be nice. I was just up a little late last night. This Friday, Long Haul Against Hunger. It's December the 2nd there. We'll be up at the Giant Eagle on the Strip starting at 6 o'clock in the morning. We'll be out there till about 7 o'clock that night taking uh, food donations, cash checks, that kind of thing. You can also make a donation right now at WRQK.com. That link's live. Uh, you can do that. It's Long Haul Against Hunger to benefit the Akron-Canton Regional Food Bank. Uh, this is last year. Everybody will remember the Mac and Cheese Mountain got made. And no, I haven't eaten anything out of the box this year. I'm not going to. Everybody's looking down their nose at me, even though there's cookie crisp out there. And I bought it, and I want to eat it, but I won't do it. I should have got some of that just for me and put it in the house. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. I'll obviously pick up some macaroni and cheese for it for this year, too. I'm doing my grocery shopping today, so I'll probably just pick up some stuff for Friday. We hope to see you out there for that. Fantone's actually got an action-packed Friday, as you'll be broadcasting live uh, with me, obviously, for Long Haul Against Hunger. And then Friday night, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, is your first ever in arena like a host uh, like a position at the uh, at the Civic Center for the Canton Chargers. Is that right? Yeah, very excited, dude. Friday night, uh, it is my debut 
I, uh, I'm pumped. I'm a little bit nervous, but this is one of those things where it's like, dude, I know I'm going to be good at this. So, you know, remember Dancing with the Stars? Wow. I was like, oh, I'm nervous because I'm going to suck at this. And I did. I was awful at it. But at least with this, I mean, all it is is like, you know. It's being a hype man. Yeah. Charge Nation. Let's get ready. You know, like dude, I, I know I'll be good at this. You ask a couple thousand people if they want a T-shirt. Everybody's hand goes yeah, up. It's, I want a T-shirt. <laughs> it's not. Dude, the only part of that job that's really required is pep. As long as you look like you're not hating it, you'll be fine at it. Yeah, I think I'll You know what I mean? Right. Like I have to I used to have to do that for um the monsters. I used to have to do do like on ice announcement and you know passing out the uh, t-shirts for the uh, or, you know for the monsters and you're right. It's really easy. It's it's all you do is just go out there and go, "Yeah, what's up? Name the city. You guys want some free stuff? Who wants free stuff?" And next thing you know, everybody's like, "Yeah, up in arms about that." I'm excited for you, man. That's yeah. a cool gig. Yeah. It's a cool gig. So we actually have tickets for your first performance at the Civic Center. That being Friday night. You guys want to go check Fantone out uh, doing that? Be caller 10 right now at 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to the Canton Charge game. Aside from that, we are done for the day. We're going to head out of here and go uh, do a little tour of the Akron-Canton Regional Food Bank so we can get a look uh, behind the scenes as we get ready for Long Haul Against Hunger. We'll take some photos, get you guys uh, some access into that, and be back live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Have a great day.